it's been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by hey guys, Martin. welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. We're here this week to do a top five episode, give our top five Christmas classics. And we have back, as promised in the rom-coms episode, Alexandra Kern. She's back with us for Christmas movies, her favorite holiday. Hi, everyone. Happy holidays. Great to have you back. Yeah, I'm excited. Excited to see what movies you guys have brought to the table. We've got Mike, of course, coming at us from England, where he is very Grinch-like, hating on Christmas hard. Yeah, if you guys know from many episodes previously, Christmas, not my favorite holiday. Uh, Halloween is my favorite holiday. So while Alex and Justin will be picking their, you know, typical Christmas classics. I will be giving you my top Christmas horror movies. And not to be outdone, since there's two of them and one of me, I'm breaking all the rules of the podcast and giving you my top 10 instead of top five. Wow. It's going to be, this is an experiment. And- we have a real life Grinch slash Scrooge. <laughs> I would say Christmas is just, I don't hate it. It's just a kind of a middle of the road holiday, sort of like Columbus Day, maybe. Okay. That's where I'd rank it. Wow. You're really comparing Christmas, all the lights, snow, Black trees. Day? Like, there's no comparison. He just, I just want it to be known. Mike just compared Christmas to Columbus Day. Valentine's Day? Is that? More accurate? I don't know. No, no, no. Anyway, it's it's way down the list. That's this what I'm is saying. this is wow. I am I'm offended. Quite aren't you? Aren't you, Al? Extremely offended. Christmas is a month long, beautiful, colorful, exciting, delicious holiday. Oh. Well, luckily, Christmas has also birthed many a horror film. So there's something <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> I guess, I guess. I mean, maybe, maybe. I I just, you know, what I'm still wondering in life, we have this real life Grinch, is it all going to end the way that the story does with, you know, the Grinch's heart growing many sizes larger and realizing Christmas is the most special holiday of all? Well, you've got 10 movies to convince me, but at the moment it's tiny and black, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> So you don't have any like Christmas traditions? Well, I just, you know, I like some of the stuff you do at Christmas time, like sitting around a fire and drinking, but (laughs) it just doesn't, the connection to Christmas just isn't there for me. Got it. Do you like doing, like, do you guys get a Christmas tree? Yeah, but if it, I mean, (laughs) wasn't for my wife, then no. 
<laughs> were you a Santa believer when you were a kid? I mean, probably. But I mean, I, I, what's the typical age you stop believing in Santa? What are you Whoa. talking Whoa. about? He's Santa's real. real. Oh, shit. Sorry. Whoa. Whoa, right. whoa, whoa. Spo- spoiler alert for life. In case you're young and yeah. listening to this. It's <laughs> yeah, listening to this. This guy, he's just a Grinch. He wants you to believe Santa isn't real. It's crazy. Well, I'm conveniently, like, that's also a topic that comes up in a lot of Christmas horror. There's a few <laughs> sort of tropes, uh, but one of them is like, if you don't believe in Christmas, you'll die. So, But we'll Justin, you're incorrect. The Grinch doesn't not believe in santa he just wants to ruin christmas that's very true so in that way mike you're not grinch like at all you're just i don't even know what you are you know what i already feel ganged up on (laughs) i need i need to be able to fend my choices so maybe we should just get into this list and then maybe i'll convince you that christmas horror is really the way to go (laughs) okay okay It's, it's a long shot Let's, uh, I mean, it's a nice little segue after, after our Halloween episode last week. So let's dive into this thing. This, you know, last time we had her on the podcast, she said, don't say ladies first. Don't say ladies first. We're not saying ladies first, but you're going first today, Al. So hit us with your number five. Sounds good. Okay. So for number five, I chose the family stone. Uh, it was, it came out in 2005, uh, directed and written by Thomas Bazucha. I think that's how you say his last name. Sorry, Thomas, if it's not. And it's a stacked cast. It has Claire Danes, Diane Keaton, Rachel McAdams, Dermot Mulroney, Craig T. Nelson, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Luke Wilson. And um, yeah, it's it's not a highly rated movie. Like if you look on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff people would probably say it's an average movie, but it's just a very sweet, kind, loving, like tearful movie. And it's, yeah, I just, I love it. I'm a big Diane Keaton fan. So definitely would watch it regardless if, even if it had a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's just like a family, a family friendly movie. You know, the son Everett, he brings home this girl who is from the big city and there um his family lives in connecticut connecticut you guys and (laughs) shout out shout out connecticut (laughs) start drinking Uh, (laughs) yeah the drinking game starts if you hear the word santa you drink um but yeah he brings this like outsider to their big family and the family is just kind of like rude and mean and silly and stupid and yeah, and it kind of takes a turn and, you know, him figuring out who he wants to be with. And then, yeah, it's just a beautiful family movie. There's a little bit of sadness to it, but I just love it. I, it makes me think of the holidays uh, and, like, what, you know, the perfect picturesque Christmas could look like. And, yeah, so have have either of you seen it? Yes, no, well, I've seen no, it have you. We'll put it on your list, Mike. Um, and I'll get right on that. <laughs> I'll say this. I had never seen The Family Stone. I'd obviously heard of it just because of the stacked cast. But Alex showed it to me, I believe it was last last Christmas. And um, 
I really was very, very pleasantly surprised. I didn't even think it would be bad. I just, I'd never seen it. That sort of was odd to me. And unbelievable cast, as she has already noted. Um, there are Connecticut ties. How could I not love that? <laughs> and our and, Diane Keaton ties. And there's, yes. yeah, I mean, Diane, she's our girl from the rom-com. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a great Christmas film. Uh, I, the, as much as I love arguing about picks, there's really nothing for me to argue about this one. I, I had a feeling it would sneak onto Alex's list and deservedly so. And it does, I have a little few fun facts, obviously just by looking things up and stuff, but this is kind of a gross fun fact, <laughs> which sorry for anyone who likes Parmesan cheese. I'm going to ruin Parmesan cheese for you for the rest of your life. Oh boy. But there's a part in the movie where Meredith, who um, is played by Sarah Jessica Parker, spills Strata on her outfit. She had been making this dish, and Strata has Parmesan cheese in. And Luke Wilson comes in and says, um, oh, you should, you know, you need to change your clothes. You smell like vomit. And funnily enough, Parmesan cheese contains butyric acid, which also is in vomit. So they smell Ooh. similar. Which I thought was a very interesting fact. I feel like that's one of those things, like, now that you're saying it, I can totally smell it. And it's like, I can't <laughs> unsmell it. Like, I'll just always, bye-bye Parmesan cheese. We might, we might need to put, like, a warning before that part of the podcast. Because that, <laughs> that could just ruin it for people forever. But I think that's a fun, like, a fun fact. Like, I'm going to tell everyone that. Yeah. Wow. That is wow. Just, okay. Unexpected yeah. fun fact. Indeed. Yeah. But it was interesting to me. And then also the director, he, you know, made the cast spend over a month together to get them to be more similar to being a family and kind of, you know, create those relationships and bonds. And one thing they did together was they took a sign language um, course because in the movie, one of the characters, that is deaf. So they all ended up learning sign language, which I thought was pretty cool, too. That is a very cool fun fact. Yeah. Um. Well. Good choice. Okay. <laughs> that was yeah. a very, that was a very silent <laughs> moment after. My, my <laughs> hey, fun I fact. I've you know I fully endorse Family Stone as a choice. I think that's a great one. Um, I was more laughing to myself right there silently because I was thinking. For everyone listening, I want you to know. So Alex and I live together and we're hilariously in different rooms of our place right now. And I will I will post uh, a very funny photo of Alex's setup right around the time. It should be up now. If you're listening to this, it should be out. But um, I was sort of getting a chuckle to myself, sort of hearing her from afar in the other room. But <laughs> anyways, now you guys have a visual and... Now we are going to hear Mike's number 10. Number 10. I just love having this top 10 list. I feel like I have so much room to play. I'm like jealous. So, Ooh. all right, Christmas horror. So there's a lot of Christmas horror, which is around kind of what we're saying, that Santa is actually evil and he's here to kill you. Uh, <laughs> and the the one I chose that best represents this for me is a 2010 movie called Sint. Or Saint. It's a Dutch film. 
so it kind of is called both things. Um, it is about Sinterklaas, who <laughs> I confess I had no idea who that was until I watched this film, but it is a Dutch version of Santa Claus that they apparently celebrate on like the 5th of December. Seems like some people celebrate this, some people celebrate Christmas, like how is, as we know it, some people celebrate both, but he's, you know, he's basically just a Santa Claus character. Um, this movie is it's directed by Dick Moss, who's done like a, a bunch of other horror films, including the epic Amsterdamned, which is just a fantastic name. Um, and yeah, this movie is basically uh, every full moon on December 5th, instead of, you know, Sinterklaas bringing you presents, he murders you. So uh, I will, this movie is very maligned on the internet and totally unfairly. I mean, it's not a fantastic film, I'll be honest, but it really captures the sort of like 90s teen comedy slasher vibe, um, which I love a lot. And I think it does that pretty well. And yeah, I also learned a lot about Sinterklaas, which was great, such as they, they, they write poems that they write to each other. Uh, they give each other small gifts, including in this one, their class has a record for most dildos given in one year, six instead of five, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but then, yeah, it's very predictable. You know, Sinterklaas comes and kills people eventually. Someone saves the day. It's not revolutionary, but in terms of this sort of genre, I, I found it quite enjoyable. Hey. With with my Dutch background, you're you're pulling at me with this Sinterklaas thing. Eighty five minutes. This is worth it. Check it out. Okay. Wait, is it subtitles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subtitles. Okay. But it's I don't know. It's on Amazon over here uh, for streaming. I don't know if it is over there. I feel uh, like I've seen it before. Like the cover. What's the cover look like? It's kind of got this Sinterklaas character on it. There was actually a bit of controversy. <laughs> In, uh, well, Sinterklaas apparently rides a gray horse instead of having reindeer, and he has this weird like staff sort of thing. And there was like a controversy because, uh, you know, people in the Netherlands were freaking out that like kids were seeing this and they were associating Sinterklaas with evil. So the the posters, it's not particularly scary, but maybe it's of note. I suppose he, he kind of looks like the Pope. He does kind of look like the Pope, yeah. But he, like, chops people's head off with the staff and shit. He doesn't even look like he runs fast. No, one he's of got a gray right? horse. He's got a gray horse that goes, like, on, on rooftops and stuff. Which wow. is probably the worst part because, like, it's super low budget. So the digital effects, like him riding on a horse with uh, on the top of a roof, are not great. But it's, yeah, it really captures a feel that I was I was enjoying. And there's... If this one's not for you, there are other, like, there's a lot of other Christmas horror, which is, like, the same idea. There's a movie called Rare Exports, which is from Finland, which people seem to love that I wasn't quite as high on. And then uh, Krampus, which came out in 2015 mm-hmm. with Adam Scott, oh, is also yeah. one that people are, are, that gets a lot of play. So I went with this one, but those are some others. Interesting. Wow. Does he kill only, like, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day? Yeah, yeah, it's just like this one day, and then okay. basically, uh, I don't know, like there's one sort of body count that they reference at any point, and it's like he killed, like say, 250 people over the course of a day, and then they kind of just like cover it up, and then like next 
you know, next full moon, they know it's going to happen again and they can't stop it. He also rides a pirate ship, which is very confusing. <laughs> okay, this so it sounds this- a little bit Pirates of the Caribbean. It is kind of it is kind of like that. Yeah, and he has like an elf army that are kind of they're not really elves. They're more like the pirates and pirates of the Caribbean. They're like all the stupid ones. So they're pirates. Uh, yeah, but I'm like, intrigued. Apparently, a thing with Sinterklaas is that he has he also has like elves, but. There's this ongoing controversy because, like, the elf friends that he has, they're known for, like, coming down the chimney. So they're covered in soot, which translates to just blackface. So, like, in the Netherlands right now, they're like, is this blackface or is this chill? And it's a big – I learned – I read all about this controversy. Mm. But confirmed there is blackface in this movie, and it's pretty uncomfortable. Wow. And this is only number 10. And those wow. people get killed, though. The people that wear blackface get killed. So I think it's okay. Okay, okay. Spoiler alert. So it, anyway. it might be okay. Sinterklaas. Um, there's a lot to learn out there. It's I'm a like, cultural it's, experience. I'm like, if you've been a good boy or girl, Santa Claus comes down your chimney. If you've been a bad one, Sinterklaas comes down your chimney. Hey, that's, that's what it is. it's a great way to get kids to be well-behaved. Hey, if oh, you're not show good, them this movie. Show yeah. them this movie and then say, if you're good, this won't happen. If you're good, Santa Claus comes. If you're bad, this guy's going to come and kill you. In that movie, Rare Exports, Santa and his elves kidnap literally every single child in the town. So oh that can happen if you don't believe. What, and they export them? Well, they... Quote, unquote, export. I, I can't explain the export because it literally gives away the end of the movie, but someone oh, saved yeah. the day so that the kids don't actually get kidnapped. <laughs> I mean, they get kidnapped, but then they have to fight Santa. It's it's a long story. Al, yeah. are we are we watching Santa Claus tonight? We're going to get hey, all if cultural. Mike's watching Family Stone. Okay. <laughs> so no. So no. You're not. <laughs> so you guys will be getting this podcast the weekend following Thanksgiving. Yes. Let me tell you, I'm pretty much already done with Christmas movies. I'm Christmased out after oh this. Oh my weekend. god! I'm like, that's that's the perfect time to start this guy. Well, everybody um, else can start. You know, I've put in the work. All right, all right. Um, well, without further ado, I'll give you all my number five. My number five is the 1994 flick, The Santa Claus. Tim Allen. Tim Allen's first starring role in a film um this movie was big when i you know when all three of us were kids it came out in 1994 which just seems to be one of the greatest years ever for film you had dumb and dumber you had pulp fiction you had um, the mask you had the mask (laughs) you had of course the one and only lion king come on and then there was the Santa Claus. So Santa Claus, very simple plot. Tim Allen, he plays this dad, Scott Calvin, and he makes Santa fall off his roof on Christmas Eve and finds himself recruited to be the next Santa. He has to take over his spot. That's the very simple plot line and it's such a just cute classic christmas film it it 
it's heartwarming it's funny it's sweet you know the it's 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 of our childhood it's one of the absolute best because it truly is a film that you can watch you know we're all now in our early 30s and it's still a film you can throw on alex and i you know we watch we watch it every christmas and it's one that you can still throw on it doesn't feel super dated it's still sweet it's one for the whole family and it's got i think one of the one of the all-time tim allen roles it's just it's like it's one of his really big ones and it's got a nice little cast otherwise you've got you've got um judge reinhold in there who of course was big from the beverly hills cops cop films and fast times at ridgemont high but um also mike i wanted to give a shout out to our guy david krumholtz is in this oh, shit. from harold and kumar um and he's great so it really just to me this one is absolute all around hits all the notes for a christmas film so it's my number five and i've got a couple well i guess i want to hear your guys' reactions first I think I probably saw this when I was like a kid, but I definitely haven't seen it since like, say, later than 96. You have to watch it again. Okay. At least watch this one. Three of them. I I mean, you can't be our age and not like Tim Allen, really. No. And, And a pretty funny little fact about this, um, is actually speaking of Tim Allen, that when this movie came out, since it was his very first starring role, there was one week when it came out in November 1994 where he had the number one movie at the box office, this. He had the number one rated TV show in Home Improvement, and he had the number one New York Times bestselling book called Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man. I mean, that's got to be some type of record. Yeah, they need like a different type of EGOT for like whatever that would be. Whatever that was. And and the one other thing I want to say, I learned something about Tim Allen that maybe you two know. I never knew this. But did you guys know that Tim Allen has a criminal record and went to jail? No. Yes, in 1978, he was arrested and imprisoned for drug trafficking. He was caught with over 650 grams of cocaine. Wow. And he wasn't in 78. He was released in 81. So he did. He did like a couple of years in jail. Good old Tim Allen. Yeah. And apparently Disney (laughs) making it snow everywhere. (laughs) Hey, Christmas spirit. Hey, that's why you got to watch this movie. This guy's always about been always about. Honestly, now I'm in. Now I'm 100 percent. There you go. (laughs) And he was the first actor ever in Disney's like. Disney being a company, they have a very strict no ex-cons policy and they made an exception just for Tim Allen in this movie. Good old Disney. Good old Disney. Just letting fucking Tim Allen rock up in here. But yeah, that's that's my number five, the Santa Claus. It really is like one of the best classics from the 90s though. Like you really can't, not watch it and not love it 
No, you can't. And I mean, I know this is such a simple piece of it, but come on, it's literally called the Santa Claus. Yeah. And the sleigh, when it pops out a chocolate chip cookie, <laughs> like, come on. Talk about <gasps> getting getting this one super excited. Chocolate chip cookie is like your favorite thing. I know. He really... And, and cocaine or second thing, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's uh, keep that on the DL. <laughs> I prefer the cold snow. (laughs) (laughs) The other one that makes you numb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Santa Claus. All right. You like the the real thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My God. All right. Well, Mike, it's back to you. So if you guys, you're going to pick up on this. Mike's going to be going every other turn because he's got 10. Okay. My number nine is a short film, 16 minutes long. It is called Treevenge. Have you guys ever seen this? 16 minutes? Yes. I, I, it, for the record, it got an honorable mention at Sundance, so it counts. Uh, it's from 2008. It is, it's kind of a like trailer park boys adjacent film if that makes sense like a lot of the actors and director okay Um, but basically yeah it's 16 minutes so there's not a lot to talk about here but it is a very quick film where the premise is you know obviously at christmas time we chop down a million trees uh what if they were upset and decided to fight back wow that's all i can tell you without spoiling i mean I guess I have 16 minutes to spare. You do. You do. (laughs) It delivers exactly what it says it's going to deliver and not anything else. So the the trees fight back. So basically their pin needles start attacking them. No, no. They're not limited to just pin needle attacks, really. I mean, they can pretty much do whatever. Uh, It's not really explained, but they have... They act as if they have ability to, you know, hold items like they have thumbs and stuff. So it's fine. Wow. But they do also have, you know, Christmas tree murders in, in a way that only a Christmas tree could. Jesus. Wow. I've just, I never even thought a tree could kill people. There, There's a lot of other, you know, again, there's a lot of other like sort of Christmas adjacent thing comes to life and kills you movies such as Jack Frost, which oh, is not movie. the movie- no, it's not the movie with Michael Keaton. It is a direct to TV movie. Alex loves that one. Okay, I've seen the scary one though. Too. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that one, uh, <laughs> the Ginger Dead Man with with Gary Busey. That's actually a whole franchise. And then the very recent Santa no. Jaws that was on Sci Fi. Oh my gosh! Uh, but yeah, I went with this one. It uh, it has it actually won and nominated like it, it's a ton of awards. It's just. If you have 16 minutes, you should watch it. It delivers, like I said, only exactly what you're expecting. And then you just come away, you know, a little bit happier. Okay. Yeah, definitely will watch that. One, I feel like I saw Santa Jaws the other day. Remember, we were sitting, I think, you know, looking through all the movies. And I was like, Santa Jaws? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, weird. That but is very strange. Santa Thank Jaws you. could be better, but the concept is just great. <laughs> 
I'll have to check that one out because I do like Jaws. She does. But also reminded me of Jack Frost. I actually hadn't thought of that movie at all. So I'm kind of excited about that now. Wait, so to confirm, you've seen both the Jack Frost. I've seen Frost both. Yeah. And the killer Jack Frost. Yes. Okay. Incredible. But the, the, but the nice Jack Frost, I had forgotten about it. So <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, love, like- I love that this Jack Frost made you forget. About the the much more successful one that came out the next year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, also for everyone listening, because I don't think we went over this at the beginning. The only rule for picking Christmas classics was that we couldn't pick multiple movies in the same franchise. That was the only rule. Am I Mm -hmm. right about that, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So length, it can be any length. So... My turn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So my number four, and I'm going to talk a little bit long on this because I have some cool fun facts about it just because it's a great movie and some could beg to differ, but I think Jim Carrey played an amazing Grinch. So number four is How the Grinch Stole Christmas that came out in 2000. Um, I love this movie. I think I, I could watch it so many times during the Christmas season. It's just done so well. Jim Carrey is just an amazing actor. I think he does the role so well. Um, and obviously, who doesn't love a Dr. Seuss book? You know, shout out Dr. Seuss. Um, but yeah, so Jim Carrey, um, Taylor Momsen, who was in later was in Gossip Girl, if you're a Gossip Girl fan. Um and just, you know, Christine Bransky, Jeffrey Tambor, and Molly Shannon, who I, I love Molly Shannon. So uh, she plays Cindy Lou Who's mom. But we all know the story of how the Grinch stole Christmas. You know, he does not like the Who people. Uh, the Whoville lives inside this beautiful snowflake and... Um, the Grinch does not want Christmas to happen, so he goes out to ruin their Christmas, obviously. And the Who's just want, well, Cindy Lou Who just wants him to be included because she believes everyone should be included at Christmas and people are just mean to the Grinch because he doesn't look like a Who. He looks different, which is not nice. So, um, of course, eventually there is a happy ending. We know the Grinch's heart grows, I believe, three times. I think three sizes, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, three. So... It's just a beautiful movie, and I don't know. The Grinch is adorable. I don't know why people think he's scary and gross. He's so cute. Um, And, yeah, Jim Carrey just, he, you know, did a lot of improv in this movie. And there's I reenact so many parts of the movie all the time just in my daily life. So he did a great job. Um, But, yeah, I have some fun facts, but I want to hear who loves the Grinch. Well... I fucking love the Grinch, but I think (laughs) the Jim Carrey version, and I love Jim Carrey. Dumb and Dumber is my favorite comedy. The Jim Carrey version is blasphemous. It's all about the OG version, and I just, I've tried it multiple times. I'm willing to try it with you this year, babe, again, but. Okay, there are many a times when I reenact 
moments from that movie and you laugh. So don't (laughs) (laughs) That's true, but I'm envisioning it happening in the original. Um, But I do love the Grinch, one of my favorite Christmas characters. And it just pains me that anyone would watch that version over the original 1966 version. I'm going to weigh in here and be the deciding vote. And I'm firmly in the Alex camp on this one. I've seen this movie a few times. I think, yeah, I think Jim Carrey kills it. I think this is, man, this is a, I mean, he's given a tall task, right? I mean, who the fuck can remake the Grinch? And he absolutely nails it. And I I think this is a dope film. And obviously the original Grinch is fire too. Uh, maybe because I identify with the Grinch. I'm just going to say it. But it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, the Grinch is a legit Christmas movie, both versions. I support this 100%. Woohoo. Awesome. And it's like Jim Carrey, just Jim Carrey in general, he's such an amazing actor. The way he like conforms into the character and like moves his the facial movements, the stances, the everything he does. He just really goes into character. And I think he, like, even when you think of the Grinch, he's all stooped over and just has that funny walk. He, like, makes the Grinch the Grinch, you know? What's, you've already said this, Justin, but Alex, what's your favorite Jim Carrey movie out of curiosity? Ooh. Um, on I'm trying to think. Mm, well, I do love Liar Liar. I was gonna say Liar Liar. That's yeah. That's one of my favorites. Liar Liar. I love the mask just because the mask is like an original. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, the Truman Show is great too. Love the Truman yeah. Show. That's my second favorite after Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah, Dumb and Dumber. I feel like Dumb and Dumber is on everyone's list. Like, let's be real. Yeah, I mean, I know you love Dumb and Dumber because we've literally the soundtrack about... to that shit is bomb. It's so underrated. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh my god, what's the song you love again? Um, if you don't love me, I'll kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Shriggy. Oh my god. <laughs> but listen to it. It's by Pete Doge, I think. I think that's right. It's such a good song. Like you play it and you just want to dance. How deep of a cut is that, Mike? Super deep. (laughs) Glad we're showing love to Jim Carrey. I know. He's he's so great. He's great. But here's some fun facts. Just to show you how great Jim Carrey is, that costume was latex, heavy, furry. He spent two hours applying that makeup and one hour to remove it. And that's not including all the filming time. He literally spent 92 days in that Grinch makeup. And there are articles and he actually came out saying that he, you know, he had a lot of issues being in that costume because it was so like just, you know, made him feel confined that he actually took counseling from a CIA agent who taught him torture resistance techniques. Oh my because God. he just had the costume was just so hard and to be in and he needed to like find like some ground in it while he was playing the character and i just think that's you know and they say that other than the wizard of oz the costume and makeup for this movie is one of the largest 
other than like the Wizard after. of Oz. W- yeah, which was in 1939. So, yeah, it he took on a really big role i feel and i think you know that was just a lot for just sounds intense right being in all of that and you know it was a top selling movie ticket of 2000 highest grossing christmas movie since home alone wow so it was a very popular and loved movie and you know, little, um, this is actually funny. So when they were filming it, it was done in Universal Studios. I actually have seen it in person. Yes. On the little backlot tour. Uh, but during filming, it was right behind the Bates Motel. So Jim Carrey would throw on a dress and run out of the hotel to scare people on the tour with a knife. (laughs) Oh my God. That's legendary. (laughs) I know, like, Wait, he's would he so... still be wearing the Grinch makeup? No, I think he would do it when they were like, <laughs> absolute legend. Yeah, so I think that's you know he obviously you know being in character and stuff was hard for him, but he still like had a lot of fun on set, and I just think he's great. And then there was actually some cute little like things in the movie that um, reference like other Doctor Seuss books, so like. Max, the dog, gets a plate of green eggs and ham at the end of the movie. And then when the Grinch is sucking up the gifts, you see a fish in a bowl, which is reference to the cat in the hat. So just those little things that when I go back and watch it, I'm definitely going to look out for those because I don't remember seeing them. And yeah, just all in all a great movie. And Sir Anthony Hopkins is the narrator for the movie. And, you know, Jim Carrey obviously breaks the fourth wall during the movie, too, because he talks to the narrator. So it's just, you know, a lot of amazing acting, I think. And he deserves a lot of praise for being one of Christmas's most loved characters. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great pick. I feel primed. I feel like I've got I'm ready to watch it now. My, I feel like we need to do a I double would, feature in this household of that one. I was done with Christmas like 10 minutes ago, but now I'm back. You're wow. back for the Grinch. <laughs> awesome. But yeah. Okay. My number eight. So you guys know the like Tales from the Crypt TV show, right? Of course. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if you knew this, but before it was a TV show, it was a movie. In 1972. It was actually a comic first in the 50s, but side note. So Tales from the Crypt, 1972 movie. It is, so obviously it is an anthology show and movie. Um, So I'm cheating a little bit maybe, but the very first, um, uh, the first kind of story that they show is Christmas themed horror. Uh, overall, the movie's awesome. All f- I think it's five different stories. They're all great. They're super dark, um, and it's really good. I think Christmas watch in general because of kind of the mood it sets. But the Christmas one specifically, uh, starring uh, Joan Collins, and basically the kind of the the plot of it. It actually was recreated as episode two of the TV show, by the way. But the the plot of it. Um, is that a woman, like right off the bat, we don't know anything about, there's no setup. She just opens up and kills her husband, just beats him with a fire poker to death. And then she hears on the radio that there's like 
a homicidal maniac that's escaped from like a prison. And sure enough, he shows up at her house, but she, she can't call the police obviously because she's just murdered her husband. So she has to like manage that situation. Uh, Spoiler alert. It doesn't go well. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's an awesome, it's an awesome movie overall. It has like a 90% or something like that in Rotten Tomatoes. It's really good. Uh, really like influential to a lot of different things. And then of course the show is like super famous and they read, they redid this one actually on the show. Um, the episode that they redid is directed by Robert Zemeckis from like back to the future. No and, shit. And, uh, the producer of it's Richard Donner who did the Omen and the cinematography is Dean Cundy from Halloween. So it's, it's, it's a little bit different, but it's the same idea. So the, I mean, the individual story is great. The movie's great. And I, yeah, I love this. Wow. Dude, honestly, great pick in the sense of I fucking love Tales from the Crypt and totally forgot about this movie. Haven't seen it since I was a lot younger, but this like truly makes me want to go watch it now. During this, it's, it still really holds up. It's still great. And a lot of it was shot in Surrey, where I live. No but, shit. Um, oh, nice. There's also, I mean, th- there's actually a surprising amount of sort of Christmas horror anthology. So there's another British movie called Dead of Night which is, it's a little bit less horror, so I didn't consider it. But then there's one that came out recently called A Christmas Horror Story that I haven't seen yet, but people say is good. So anthology Christmas horror, something that I hadn't really considered, but I'm glad I thought about because this movie is awesome. Yeah, I have to, I have never seen it, so I'll have to check it out. Is yeah, a Christmas can. horror story supposed to be like a Christmas story, but a Christmas horror story? I, I think it's, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, I, somehow it's, it's anthology E, so I guess it's sort of different, but I sadly of like the 30 plus movies that I watched this week, this, this wasn't, <laughs> didn't make the list. I have 30 plus movies in a week. I'm like, how many hours is that? My entire week. <laughs> How insane is that? He watched 33 titles this week for as potential. Was it exactly in seven days or how many days? uh, Six days. Wow. Wow. So I'm saying like two hours a movie. So we're looking at 66 hours. Well, no. Think about it like this, though. Two events was 16 minutes. Oh, wait. True, true. (laughs) So – Horror films are typically, I feel like, between like seventy and like ninety minutes, maybe a hundred. Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that are shorter. Um, even so, let's say let's say you averaged it. I like, round it to two hours because there's a lot of thought that goes right before the true. movie starts and right after. You're kind of like in thought, still like dealing with the movie. <laughs> Bottom line: this guy spent probably sixty hours on this. Yeah, that's a lot of I, hours. It it was it was worth it. That's I like just, a work week. I'm still I'm still that's in horror week. movie mode. I'm not getting out, and this was a fantastic way to keep it going. Legendary, legendary. That's awesome. Well, I'm gonna bring us about as far away from horror as possible. Maybe horror for someone like Mike who hates movies like this. <laughs> but my number four is Love Actually which is from 2003. It is directed and written by Richard Curtis, who has done a lot of these 
British films. He did like wrote, he did Four Weddings and a Funeral, About Time, um, Pirate Radio. He did uh, Bridget Jones' Diary, so Notting Hill. So he's done a lot of these a lot of these films, but this movie. I personally feel like is sort of his biggest achievement. I mean, the cast is absolutely stacked. You've got, oh man, I'm going to just list off some of these people. You've got Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, Colin Firth, Laura Linney, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, rest in peace, Kira Knightley, um, Bill Nye. Rowan Atkinson, you know, Mr. Bean. Um, It's just ridiculous, honestly. And it is the rare, I feel like, rom-com Christmas movie that's actually quite raunchy. It's rated R. It Just from looking at the poster or hearing about it, you wouldn't think that it would be some rated R film, but it is, which I think is something that's actually, like, quite cool about it. Because it's it's a movie that you'd look at it and be like, okay, this is going to be one of those PG-13 films. And no, they just, you know, Richard Curtis goes for it. He writes it how he wants to write it. It has very sweet, th- I mean, it's very sweet. It's also very funny. It gets very raunchy at times. But it really has everything across the spectrum. And it follows many different stories during the, during the plot. Um, I believe there's, I think it's, there's at least eight different stories that, that weave in and out throughout the plot. The movie's over two hours. So there's definitely a nice little runtime to get that all in. Um, but it's, it's just awesome. Like it all takes place in London over the, you know, December and, all the characters end up sort of weaving in and out of each other's plot lines in interesting ways. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. It's like, that's, that's really what I want to say about it. I feel like if you haven't seen it, what I'm telling you should hopefully be enough to push you to check it out. Um, And if you have seen it, you probably either love it or hate it. A lot of people call it the ultimate rom-com. Um, some people dislike it for whatever reason. I'm firmly in the camp of loving it. And I mean, it, it combines rom-com and Christmas. What's not to love in my eyes. So. I have a lot to say. Well. One. Shout out to Mr. Bean. I grew up watching <laughs> Mr. Bean. And I fucking love, love Mr. Bean. Love like okay. one day love. there needs to be a podcast just to discuss like what who is Mr. Bean and what what is he doing in life? Because that's a great question. He is like I used to watch it as a little kid, and I could watch hours of it. I'd pop the video in the you know player and had the whole set. I actually have it all on DVD, all of his shows on DVD okay. to wow. this day. Wow. Yeah. So shout out to Mr. Bean. I heard you mention him, and he's great. He's also uh, exceptionally famous over here. This yeah, is, he's so famous. Like it's unbelievable. I can tell this is going somewhere right now. That she's she's fired up right now. I'm oh, ready to I love it. yeah. Two, 
Um, you're saying Love Actually is better than Bridget Jones' Diary. Now that that's false. absolutely that's false. <laughs> that's so false. Like how? <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> Maybe I just had a little bit of a ven not a vendetta, but my mom was obsessed with Bridget Jones growing up. And I just, I don't know. I just didn't really give it, the, I guess, a fair chance. And I haven't seen it since. Yeah. I, I rewatched it for our rom-coms episode and it's still awesome. It's okay. so good. And I am one of those people that does not get the hype over Love Actually. Like, have you seen those movies? I think, you know, there's New Year's Eve and... Yeah, Valentine's Day where they just stack everyone. It's like that. And I just, I don't like, it doesn't do it for me. I don't enjoy watching it. See, just- I I feel like that I feel all those movies you just mentioned are all the ones that try to imitate this. And I feel like this is the only one that ever did it well. But how are they different? One and two, I like, I don't, it's just a lot of stories in one and I don't know. It's that's like that's I, I why. Oh, yes. you sons of bitches, just teaming up on me so far. <laughs> well, I, 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 maybe I'm it. somewhere in the middle, but I do think there's an element of like, if we do ensemble cast and we do like a lot of stories, that automatically makes it a great film. And it's like, no, it doesn't necessarily do that. You know, I totally agree with that. I just think I'm typically someone that sees these big ensemble casts and I do think typically, oh yeah, this isn't going to be, you know, this is just, they paid a bunch of people to do one of these things. That's what I see when I see New Year's, when I, you know, when I see New Year's Day or Valentine's Day, but it's like this one, I personally felt like they got a shit ton of stars and I felt like it actually was pretty damn great. And it, it just, I don't know, it, 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 it makes me personally, I think that the hallmark of any Christmas film is you want something that has Christmas spirit, that's funny, that's heartwarming, and that gives you all the Christmas feels. And for me, this movie does that. Not to mention, by the way, there's so many people I didn't even mention when I dropped the cast. Like, And again... That doesn't mean that that's why it's good, but it is pretty damn cool. All these people are in it, and I personally think it's quality. I didn't even drop Andrew Lincoln from Walking Dead. I don't want to butcher his name, but Chiwetel Ejiofor. Ed- 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 how do you say his name? Do you guys know no. how to say his name? No, definitely not. Um, <laughs> oh, but he's so fantastic. He's such yeah. a fantastic actor. And then um, Billy Bob Thornton's in it. You've got Alicia Cuthbert. You've got fucking, I think, isn't Den- yeah, Shannon Elizabeth, Denise Richards, like so many people. And this to me is the one movie that has this many people that's actually charming and good and a great little holiday flick. And it, it's just one for me. I like to watch it around the holidays every year. And I like a good rom-com or three around the holidays. And this one's at the top of my list for that time of year. And it's got some... There's one hilarious fun fact that I've been waiting to share that I know you guys will probably get a little bit of a kick out of. But do you guys remember in the Mike, have you seen the you've seen have you seen Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So the actor Chris Marshall, he plays Colin who's the guy that decides to go to America to meet girls 
because he thinks that like his Britishness will be like an asset to him. And then he goes to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So and then he meet he ends up meeting the three girls, I think at the bar or whatever. But they invite him to like stay at their home. And <laughs> it's like Alicia Cuthbert and January Jones, this other girl, Ivana uh, Milicevic, and then Shannon Elizabeth comes in too. Anyway, he has like the greatest like time of his life. But in real life, Chris Marshall, this actor, he returned his paycheck for the scene where the three girls undress him because he said he had such a great time having three girls undress him for 21 <laughs> takes that he was willing to do it for free and oh then return his incredible card. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Also, big big shout out Shannon Elizabeth, the star of Jack Frost. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Please, uh, you guys, for today, you have to be having some Christmas themed drinks while listening to the podcast. So take take a sip from some your spiked Christmas. eggnog. Yeah, maybe take some shots of peppermint schnapps. <laughs> um do it do a haircut if you guys know what those are. Hey yo. Um, now you're talking. Seriously. Um Anyways, love actually, love All actually, right. love it. And the and the last thing I'll say about it is when you see at the beginning and end of the film the airport like footage, that's all real. So Richard Curtis had a team of of like cameramen film at Heathrow for a week, and whenever they saw something that would fit in well for the one that opening or closing scene, they would just ask the people if they had permission to use the footage and like get their info and that's what they did which is pretty cool i think wow yeah anyways apparently i'm the only one that loves this film so (laughs) no no, it's it's fine you know we said it's fine i think (laughs) we don't all have to love everything no no we don't no we don't so we're watching this tonight right right on (laughs) (laughs) it is a classic though i mean i'll give you that most people love it it is a classic so yeah Yeah. i think it, it, it is a classic but i will say it is highly disputed like alex's reaction i'd say half the people you talk to have that reaction you either love it or hate it i think there's not there are the you sound like a bit of an in-between but i feel like it's more often you hear someone that has strong feelings against it or strong feelings for it i might have to rewatch it this holiday season see if it see if it's changed on me at all Okay, well, there's no more awkward transition that could possibly be made than going from Love Actually to my number seven pick, which is the French film from 2007 called Inside. Please do if that. You, if you have ever seen this movie, you will know immediately. Um, before I say anything about this movie, I just want to say off the top, this is like... French new wave extreme horror. So it's the only films that are possibly as gory are just other French films from around the same time. It is incredibly gory, super, super fucked up. So don't watch this film. But there is a 2016 remake. It's English language. It's much more like toned down. So if you like the idea that I will explain, then you can try that. But this is not for the faint of heart. I'm in. Um, Okay. For the next 30 seconds, I'm going to say all the French names I can. I am so, so sorry to the people of France. So this is directed by Julien Maury, 
and Alexander Bustillo, who I've also directed a few other films together. But really, the two stars are Beatrice Dahl and Alison Paradis. All right, end of French pronunciation. Again, I'm so, so sorry, but they absolutely smash it. So the plot of this movie is that uh, there is a woman, she's she's pregnant and she's in a car accident and her husband dies. So she's, she's going to have to have this baby on her own. Um, then it's Christmas Eve and she's, so she's at her house alone. She's going to go in basically to be induced the next day on Christmas day. And a mysterious woman who we never find out her name. She's kind of like the shape um, from Halloween in a sense. She's just called the woman. She basically shows up and she wants to take this woman's baby, uh, but she's not going to wait until she has the baby. So the goal is to like kill her and steal her baby basically. And it just, she's trapped in the house the entire time. So it's kind of one of those like claustrophobic ideas there's a bunch of different characters that are introduced but it's really just the two of them going back and forth they are awesome they absolutely kill it in this movie um but then most of what people like about this film it's actually surprisingly well liked for how uh gory it is it is but yeah that's that's really the main driver here is that it's insanely gory like beyond almost anything else there ever is so you know buyer beware i i want to see it like i mean if if this is new to anyone listening to the podcast i i love horror so none of these films are thing these all have sounded enticing to me to watch i just also love christmas and i typically like my christmas movies to be uplifting (laughs) um but i'm very curious about all these picks so far and and for you to go on about how gory this is, dude, like this one, I'm going to have to check out. I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen like high tension or any other sort of similar movies, but yeah, those are the only ones to compare it to. Okay. okay. It is. I know what level you're up, talking about then. Okay. There. I'm in, I'm fucking but in. Yeah. I mean, the first half of it is like the gore is all like, it's, it, it's a lot, but it's not excessive. If that makes like it's not pointless. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, it does devolve a bit for me into some sort of kind of typical horror tropes. Um, but overall, like it's a great movie. It's super scary. It's pure Christmas horror, um, and it's yeah, it's it's one that it's doing exactly what I set out to do in this list. If that makes sense. Okay. And there is. Uh, Quick shout out to other French Christmas horror movies. Dead End from 2003, which is it's a French movie with American actors, including your guy Ray Wise down from uh, wow. what the hell's that show? Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, yep. And then there's another movie called, well, it's called like a million different things, honestly, because it's a translation from France, but it's most often called Dial Code Santa Claus. It's from 1989, and basically, it's exactly home alone and the director got super pissed and like accused John Hughes of plagiarism when they made home alone. Uh, it's basically the same exact movie. Interesting. But it's, it's, it's like more, obviously it's darker because it's supposed to be like horror, but it's the same concept. Mm. Very interesting. That one sounds intriguing to me. Not too sure about the inside one. But. <laughs> Alex is like, you it's, can it's watch that one on your own time, John. I'm like, the it gore. Mm, yeah. And just 
not too interested in that. But yeah, the Home Alone scary one sounds really intriguing. Yeah, agreed. Um, well, after all that fucking gore, Alex, bring us back with your number three. <laughs> Something nice. So number three is one of my like all-time Christmas movies. It's the Christmas movie that has the perfect transition from Thanksgiving to Christmas. Like it's the one I want to watch the day after Thanksgiving because it takes me it starts off a little Thanksgiving-y and then brings us to Christmas. Um is Miracle on 34th Street, the 1994 um flick. I haven't seen the 1947 original, which I sh- I really need to do. So, I'm sorry to the original fans. I do like the 1994 one, though. Um, It's just such a great movie. Like, it starts out, you know, um, Santa is getting ready to go down, I think, Fifth Avenue to start the Thanksgiving Day Parade, which I love the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I'm so sad that we'll be seeing it this year. Uh, It's not going to be the same this year, but that's okay. We'll have it another year. But I love the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and I think... I, like for anyone that likes the Thanksgiving Day Parade, I feel like it is the kickoff to Christmas, to the holiday season. So I really love watching this movie and seeing the parade happen. Um, it's um, bleh, got a little lost there thinking about Thanksgiving well, and Christmas. Back. I know need to come back to Earth. Uh, the cast is Richard Richard Attenborough, who um, plays Santa Claus. Um, he. You know, there's this guy who's like a drunk who's being Santa Claus on the Thanksgiving Day Parade and he sees him do that and then the guy like ends up getting injured. And so um, Elizabeth Perkins, who is one of the managers at the store that does host the Thanksgiving Parade or like produces it, she asks him to be Santa Claus and really he is Santa Claus. Um, And her daughter, who's played by Mara Wilson, who we all love from Matilda, um... And what was the other? Oh, she's in another. Oh, Mrs. Doubtfire, obviously. So, yeah, we love her. And she isn't a believer in Santa Claus because her mom, Elizabeth Perkins, isn't a believer. But um, Richard Attenborough wants to make them believe that he is real. And it's just such a beautiful story of watching this guy who is Santa wants to show the world that, like, everyone should believe in something because it's a beautiful thing to believe you know? And it's just a great movie. It's one of my all-time favorites. Gets me in the holiday spirit. I'll be watching it on Friday because you can't watch it. You can't watch it before. You have to watch it the day after Thanksgiving. Trust me, everyone. Watch it. Um, And yeah, it's it's one of my favorites. How do you... Do you guys like it? Seen it? So I, I saw the original when I was in high school, but I, I've mm-hmm. never seen the, the later version. And I, to be honest, I don't remember that much about it. I have seen, I'm the opposite of Mike, similar to Alex. I've only seen this version. Um, I do need to see the original at some point. There's a couple classics I still, after all these years, need to see. But um, I like this film. I hadn't seen it in a while, again, until you and I watched it, Al. And I think that this is just 
add it to the list of the classics. I mean, it's it's not in my personal top five, but it's definitely when I list out Christmas classics, it's on there. Whether you prefer whichever version, that's up to you, but it's it doesn't really matter. Whichever one you like should definitely be somewhere on your list because it's a classic story. And uh, and I liked Alex's description about, you know, day after Thanksgiving, nice little segue from Thanksgiving into Christmas. You know, nothing, I really don't have that much bad to say. It's just, it's not for me one of the top. It doesn't get one of my coveted spots. Okay. I, I agree that I like the idea of a, a segue, a little transitional movie. Maybe I'll have to watch this one too. And, yeah. and look, You'll have to watch it. We we all know if you don't believe in Santa Claus, he'll kill you. So I mean, I'm gonna have to <laughs> exactly. And there is something beautiful in just believing. It's you know even if maybe you're not sure if he's real, like to have something magical. I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, but a l- few little fun facts I'm gonna throw out there. So in the movie, the main department store is called Kohl's and we all know that it should be Macy's Um, (laughs) Macy's didn't want their name used which I think is a huge was a huge error in their part imagine the type of business they would have gotten from this movie yeah why wouldn't they I don't understand it's crazy you know they use the Thanksgiving parade the Thanksgiving parade is hosted by By Macy's so I just think that was a big error in their part because it was a great movie and so many people watch it every year um another fun fact 20th century fox when it um came out they actually offered a full refund to any viewer that didn't enjoy the movie on opening day what? so 1500 tickets were funded oh. um for people that didn't enjoy it which it's great. You know, that's hopefully those people were honest and they didn't secretly like it. But I thought that was really interesting. Um, obviously, they wanted everyone to enjoy it. And um, also the doorman played in the 1994 movie was in the original one. Um, he played this character, Alfred, in the 1947. So that's pretty cool. You know, he got to be in both. And then kind of cool also it was produced by john hughes and he added um a talk boy in the window of the store which references home alone so i just i'm gonna be looking out for that when i watch it on the 27th right the 27th um because i like i like finding those fun facts and watching out for those little like references so yeah all in all great movie it you know it's one of my favorites and it's number three. So speaking of the 27th, I just mm-hmm. want to put this out there for all the listeners. I, I want to know. So what day for all of you who celebrate Christmas, what day do you all put your tree up? I think it's always day after Thanksgiving. You got to get it that day and put it up. Some people perhaps do it even earlier. But I don't Some think that is the situation. Later. You're... This has been a big discussion right now, but because people are putting up their trees like two weeks ago. But during these times, I think to have that like, again, magical experience is quite nice to have it early, like during these, you know, times. I 
I don't disagree with that for this year. No, I I don't. I think more of the issue is like we we've looked it up. There's barely any places in LA for for instance that are selling trees yet. So I just don't quite know where people are getting these. Trees. Well, a lot of people yeah, have fake trees, trees you know, because of allergies. True, true. I guess if it's because allergies, I understand it. Otherwise, tisk tisk. Shout out to the know. fake tree squad. I mean, do you yeah. have your do you have your tree up yet, Mike? No, no. Karina threw out our our fake tree like two years ago, so now we have to figure out how to get a real one. But we get like a Charlie Brown style one from Simmons like, <laughs> Bows or something. We had Aww. a fake one growing up, but Alex and I we we like to get the real ones out here. Yeah, I had a fake one growing up too, and it was always because like my parents hated the mess they made. But that's all about the charm. Come Agreed. On. And the smell is so good. You want that pine smell. But living in L.A., because it's so freaking sunny here, the sun comes through the window and always, you know, our tree ends up drinking a lot of water because it's getting a little fried. It's getting a suntan. (laughs) Do you guys ever think about the feelings of the trees? Because tree venge is coming. That's true. True. Next time it gets a little burnt, it's going to be really angry at us. Yeah. That's after you watch that. It's hard to cut them down, you know. Feel bad. You know, I feel like though it depends on how you decorate. They're like, do I like tinsel? Do I not? Do I like <laughs> ornaments? You know, am I a, okay? This is the question: Are you a colored light person or a white light person? Mike, I'm a. I like to just hope that someone puts up the tree and decorates it for me, so that I don't have to get involved. <laughs> I gotta be but, honest. But like, if you look at a house, do you like to see just like the white classic lights, or do you like to see like the red and green and all? If, of if that I'm going on like a house tour, I, I want them to be decked out, all the colors, you know, like different My like themed man. music, like the all the different, you know, like Santas on the on the roof with the reindeer, the whole the whole thing. That's my man. I'm colored all day. I know. But like there's something nice and like we on our night walk with the dog, there's a house around here that's already decorated and it has these white lights and it's just beautiful and magical. It is. It it can be beautiful. I think nine out of ten times I'm going colored though. And on on like our own tree, I'm definitely I think it has to be. I do it. I do it to like humor you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh norman told me he likes it right <laughs> yeah our dog shout out norman um all right mike give us the number rank. six all right so this is a movie i watched this week for the first time wow it is a tv movie uh it is spanish for what it's worth and it is called a christmas tale or cuento de navidad which really means like Christmas story, but obviously that's taken. So we're going with Christmas Tale. Um, it is directed by Paco Plaza, who directed the three, um, like, Rec, Record. I don't know if you've seen those. They're oh, like horror dude, movies. Tell that Rec, this, the, yeah. Rec, the original version, is one of my all-time favorite horror films. I think he co-directed the first two, and I think he directed the third one by himself. But anyway, he's he also directed another movie called Veronica, which is pretty solid. Um, but otherwise, it's all like Spanish actors, and it's, it's mostly kids who didn't really become actors. So anyway... Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's 71 minutes, so it's, it's still pretty long, but it is a TV movie. Um, and this movie, it is, it's really interesting. I mean, it's, it's kind of like coming of age, um, mixed with horror, mixed with Christmas. 
Um, and it's like, even though it's from 2005, it's, it's shot and it really like is pure eighties. Like there's a huge, like karate kid, like storyline that goes throughout and just like everything about it just like takes you back. And it's really clever in that way, but it's also kind of serious. And the plot is basically like these kids, they're 12, I think. And there's like five of them, they're a little crew. They come across this woman who's dressed as Santa Claus who is trapped in like a hole basically. And they see on the news that she actually like robbed a bank. Um, and instead of helping her, they like leave her in this hole and try to like extort the money from her. So it's like very sort of like Lord of the flies. Like there's no, uh, they never show any other adults in the entire movie actually. So it's like, you get the impression that they're like kids and they're like, they're up to this incredibly devious scheme. And then she gets out of the hole and, you know, is pissed and tries to kill all of them with an axe. Um, so it, it, it does a lot, uh, especially for a TV movie. And it's 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 really cool. It's really different. And I, I liked it a lot. Interesting. I mean, the fact that that that, that that director is involved has me intrigued at the very least. And it's part of like a kind of a six movie series, which is called like movies to keep you awake sort of thing. So there's a few other ones that I'll have to watch now. They're not going to be Christmas themed. But uh, yeah, I was surprised at the quality of this. And there is there's I mean, there's also a lot of like people are trapped and then seek violent revenge Christmas horror movies. So I don't know if you ever saw like that movie P2 from 2007 with uh, Rachel Nichols where she's trapped in a parking garage. No, I haven't seen that. There's also an Italian movie called Last Stop on the Night Train, which is exactly Last House on the Left, but on a train. So that's also fucked up. There's a lot of horror Christmas. Oh, there's a ton. No clue about. I feel like there's more horror than there is like classic loving. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of like, classics of horror like christmas from like sort of 70s and 80s and we're getting to them on my list but the more that i dug in the more i found that there's a lot from the 2000s and obviously you've seen like there's a lot of foreign language ones that are pretty dope i wonder why like it seems like you know foreign countries enjoy like the thriller christmas versus (laughs) like maybe america doesn't really have it yeah, I feel like that that must be it. We're like, oh, let's keep Christmas lovely. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it later on my list. But like, basically, that's what happened when any, anyone tried to do that. It's like, especially in the 80s, like Reagan folk freaked the fuck out. And we're like, no, you can't have Santa be evil. This is not allowed. And like, <laughs> protested and shit. So, wow. But yeah, this one is not very scary at all. The ending implies like, something relatively scary but it's there's there's really no sort of like violence it's more kind of the psychological point of it but it's so it's like it's a really thriller good. sort of really cool um and uh yeah the woman that pl- it's like like i said it's it's all like five kids and then just one woman maru valdivielso is is awesome and uh yeah i think anybody would like this and it's also 71 minutes quick uh, i'd highly recommend this one Okay. Yeah, um, I like the psychological thriller, so definitely yeah, check you that do. one out. 
definitely check that one out. Also, Mike, what I, I have to say, not that I'm trying to gush too much over your list here, but what I like about hearing all of these juxtaposed against Alex's and mine is that you have a lot of films from all over the all over the world. So I feel like we're getting a really nice smorgasbord of, of films. Um, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to win this thing. I'm trying to convince oh. people that mine are wow. actually the better one. Wow, wow. Well, that's not that's just not going to be the case, especially when I drop this next quality film. Let's um, hear it. my number three. One of the best Christmas films ever made. Also, just one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah, I said it. Number three, Die Hard. <laughs> no question it is a christmas film i mean anyone that disagrees is crazy first of all um came out in 1988 bruce willis john mcclain come on it is absolutely this this is a film where i think i can use the word iconic and it is it's about John McClane, played by Bruce Willis, who's an NYPD officer. He is visiting Los Angeles for the holidays to see his wife, who he's estranged from at the moment, and pretty much one last-ditch attempt to potentially save their marriage. He ends up going to meet her during her Christmas party, which is at Nakatomi Plaza in L.A., and the party and the building get everyone in the building gets taken hostage by German terrorists and John McClane being the one person inside who is an officer or anyone that knows how to use his weapons. He essentially has to be a one man, one man show save the day. And I mean, it. my God, it, First of all, so it takes place on Christmas Eve and there's been a lot of controversy over the years about is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I don't think there's any, there should be even any moment of thinking about it. It takes place during Christmas. It has Christmas music throughout the film. There's Christmas reference after Christmas reference. And when we really want to get down to it, most Christmas movies, in my opinion, start with start with some sort of issue, whether it's between, you know, a father or mother and a son or daughter or between two lovers or two people that maybe don't have someone to spend the holidays with at the beginning. But it's always about comes back down to family I think in the best Christmas films about family and inclusion and whatnot and this movie at the end of the day is all about family it's all about at the start of this film John McClane and, and his wife Holly are separated and obviously over the course of the film if you haven't seen it yet it their relationship is mended through this one crazy night. And it's just, it's so good. 
I'm just, I, I love this movie so much. You have Alan Rickman in his first ever film role as Hans Gruber, one of the one of the best villains of all time, in my opinion. And this was his first film role. He'd only been on, been uh, you know, on stage and plays prior, and I, and maybe some TV as well. But um, this was his first time in the big screen in the states. And I mean, look at the career that Alan Rickman ended up having. He's an absolute legend. And yeah, I mean this this. This movie's amazing. It takes place essentially in one location, this building, the entire movie, but it's one of the most exciting movies ever made. And Bruce Willis absolutely kills it. He was, when this movie was filmed, he was paid $5 million, which at the time was absolutely unheard of. And it was like a big source of controversy around the time the movie came out. Well, I can tell you right now, I think he deserved every penny because it's arguably his best role and it's just it's fantastic in every way it's got some incredible action sequences it's got a really tight well well thought out script it's got a lot of heart it's got some comedy it's got everything and special shout out by the way to to sergeant al played by reginald vel johnson who I just love his character so much. Um, he's awesome. But yeah, Die Hard, number three. I got to watch it every year in, in December. I got to do it. What do you guys think? I, I think you I think you nailed it with that one. The shout-outs for me are Alan Rickman and Roger Bell Johnson. Definitely a Christmas movie. I think we all agree with you there. Obviously a classic uh, the only other shout outs I have are shout out Die Hard 4 with my guy Justin Long <laughs> and, and Timothy Oliphant, our guy. But yeah, Die Hard, amazing. Dude, you know what's very funny about the Justin Long shout out? I have not thought of him in so long. And this is actually randomly going to be a bit of promotion for him. But my brother hit me up this week and was like, dude, we're big Vince Vaughn fans. And he was like, if you want to listen to one of the best interviews I've heard in years, he was like, go listen to Justin Long's podcast. He had Vince Vaughn on this week, and it's absolutely incredible. And it is. Such a such a quick side note, but if anyone is a Vince Vaughn or a Justin Long fan, absolutely incredible. Vince Vaughn's got to be one of the most interesting guys in Hollywood to hear talk just about life, about his experiences. Go check it out. But that was very funny that you just mentioned Justin Long. Um, Alex, what do you think about Die Hard? It's a great fucking movie. It's 100% a Christmas movie. And you can't finish it without saying, yippee ki motherfucker. There we go. I saved it for you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's such I a good movie. It's definitely a Christmas movie. The people that don't, I just like, their takes, heart is blacker than my Grinch heart. It takes place at a freaking holiday party. Yes. It's all the entire film is based around Christmas. It just it's crazy to me. It's people that just don't want to admit an act a big action blockbuster could be a Christmas movie, but it is. Um and it's got all the all the Christmas charm you could want because spoiler alert, Bruce Willis saves the day, gets his fucking wife back, and it's a happy Merry Christmas. So it you is gotta just, love it. Yeah. No. Alan Rickman leading the podcast with two shout outs so far. I know. 
as he deserves it. What a great, what, uh, fucking love Alan Rickman, man. And this, this, I think, I don't know what you guys think, but I think this is one of, if not his best role. I mean, he's, he is an iconic movie villain in this. Yeah, he's great. But yeah, I'm trying to think if I have any fun facts for this one off the top of my head. Well, oh, one thing that I have to that I have to drop is I guess it is all I'm really going to drop because I've already said a couple things. But Nakatomi Plaza for anyone who doesn't live in L.A. or doesn't, you know, hasn't looked into it before. It's literally just the headquarters of, of Fox. And that's that is what the building is. And so if you ever come out here to visit and you want to see the building, go check it out. It's here. Anyways, Die Hard, number three. Mike, I'm passing it off back to you, my friend. Give us some horror. All right. So for me, this is number five. I, I've given you some some obscure ones leading up to this point, but you guys will both know this. Number five, 1984 classic, Gremlins. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and And let me just say, going into this, I watched this again this week. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid and I kind of thought it was going to be stupid. Like, like just cause it's sort of a kid's movie, but obviously not at the same time. And it just, yeah, it is so much better than I even gave it credit for. I mean, it's well, oh, first quick shout out Joe Dante who directed it. I don't think we mentioned this in our last podcast town, but he was attached to a few Halloween movies though. He never actually ended up directing them, but obviously oh, he did wow. the howling. Piranha. Also, Small Soldiers, which is kind of a similar film to Gremlins in a weird way. Um, oh my God, Small Soldiers. What a shout out. Also, shout out Judge Reinhold is in this. Judge, Judge Reinhold now tied with Alan wow. Rickman in this podcast. Fucking Equally Judge good Reinhold. Act. Um, Killed it. But in no. The 80s. So, yeah, this movie, um, it's. I kind of just forgot how, how deep it is. I mean, there's like no horror at all until 50 minutes in, you know, and it's, it's set on the backdrop of like the U S coming out of this like terrible recession. And there's a lot of like the world is changing and sort of anti like globalization and modern technology. And like, there's a, I mean, you could read a lot from this movie, but it's, it's really fucking smart. And I will say that over time I get a little bit tired of the gremlins. Like it's, it ends up being a little bit more gimmicky sort of towards the end of the movie. I wish it was like, 10, 15 minutes shorter, but it just, it does so much. It's, it's, it's definitely scary. The fucking, the kitchen scene is so iconic with all like the ridiculous deaths and it's, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised at how good this movie still is. Dude, I have been meaning to watch Gremlins for like the last two Christmas seasons and haven't, like I've seen it before. I love it, but it's been a few years definitely happening this christmas season what do, what do you think about that alex can we can yeah we have it? to watch it i haven't watched yeah. it in a long time but definitely have to watch it again i and one thing i didn't know at all that surprisingly after all these years is that this movie and i guess also temple of doom are basically credited as the reason they created the pg-13 rating like no they just way. couldn't figure out how to rate this and there was nothing between PG and R and they just like had to come up with it because this is sort of right right down the middle. Mm. Wow. That's a cool fact. And then obviously PG-13 sort of ended up being like a super popular rating for just like 
this type of film, like something with just a little bit of edge that could get people into the theaters. Um, but yeah, if you go back in like the early 80s and 70s, the movies that are rated PG are just like absurd. <laughs> the wow. gremlins are so cute. They are. Yeah, and, and then it's, it's insane what they did to do it, you know? I mean, they 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 wanted to I read that they kind of wanted to take Gizmo, the gremlin like and have him like transform eventually. Um, so that there would be like no cute ones and there would just be like the evil ones, but then <laughs> That'd they be decided he was, he was too cute. Uh, so they couldn't do that. That would have that would have given it an R rating, I think. Yeah. I agree. And shout out Howie Mandel, who voiced Gizmo the fucking gremlin. Wow. Dream. Or I guess he's a he's a Mogwai at that point. I don't really know when you become one, but I need a refresher on it. We need we need to watch this one soon. We need to watch this. Yeah, one soon. definitely. I'm like, so babe, going into your going into your number two, mm-hmm. I just need to say, and don't say like which one isn't obviously, but there's three films I thought for sure would be in your top five, and the fact that one of those is not going to be in it surprises me. So I'm very curious to hear your next two films. <laughs> starting well, with number two. my number two, you've already said it. <laughs> It's obviously the Santa Claus. Gotta love that movie. So we finally have a crossover. Wow. I just want to say that was not one of the three I was thinking of. So now there's four that I thought would be on your list. And it seems only two of those four will be. Interesting. Maybe they're in my like, you know, I have a few for to honorable mentions later. But yeah, the Santa Claus, it's. You basically said everything. I only have a few extra fun facts that I learned. Um, And I don't know if one of them you said already, so maybe that'll be a duplicate. But yeah, the Santa Claus, I grew up watching it, obviously, as in, you know, born in in 1990. I was four when this movie came out, so I watched it and loved it. Um, But my fun facts are... There's a part in the movie, another reference, which I love the references because now I have to go back and see them all. Um, Tim Allen, he holds up a tool belt during the movie and shakes his head as if like saying, you know, a tool man isn't like wouldn't be for me. But that kind of references home improvement because he was Tim, the tool man, Taylor. Totally. So love that. And then I don't know if you had mentioned this, but originally Bill Murray was the movie was like written with Bill Murray in mind oh, to be no, I... um, the Santa Claus. And then Bill Murray couldn't do it. So then they went on to Chevy Chase, who also had conflicts. So then it went to Tim Allen. So I thought Tim Allen was perfect for the role. And I, in my head, I couldn't picture Bill Murray or Chevy Chase in that role, to be honest, maybe because they're in other movies. But yeah, so I'm glad Tim Allen, you know, third time's a charm got that part um but yeah i thought that was kind of interesting that those two characters who are in christmas movies too um you know yeah i feel like it almost would have taken away because they're staples of other very famous christmas yeah exactly like yeah good job on tim allen getting tim allen the but yeah you honestly i have to credit you with getting this movie back on my radar whenever we watched it a couple years ago because i loved it loved it loved it as a kid but hadn't seen it in years and then you and i have watched it 
the pet, you know. Yeah. And and I and I love watching 2 and 3. You know, Tim Allen is still a part of those movies and the whole cast is still a part of all the movies, which I think is awesome. Um obviously they're not, you know, as good as number the first Santa the Santa Claus, but in I believe 3 Martin Short makes an appearance and I love Martin Short, so Yes, you yeah. do. <laughs> And he plays he plays an evil part in the movie. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all you know, the Santa Claus franchise is awesome. I honestly, I just all I'm thinking about is cocaine right now. And it just makes me <laughs> want to watch that movie so much. <laughs> I can't believe I never knew that about Tim Allen. It just everything is so much better now. I know. I know. I know. Any movie he's in now. Oh, you're gonna think of jungle, you're gonna one you're gonna wonder if he's uh you know blowing some snow. <laughs> I want to know if, if that's what Wilson was up to too. Was he like blowing lines off the top of the fence? Was that the game that we missed from Home Improvement? <laughs> oh, just, uh, oh, and shout out! You know, if we're talking about Home Improvement, if Jonathan Taylor Thomas ever listens to this podcast, wow. What a babe! What what happened to him? You know, he was such a such a babe in the '90s. He was so so popular, but I don't uh, know what he does now. I mean, yeah. all that all that matters is he voiced fucking Fine. Simba. Like, get the fuck out of here! He's a legend. JTT, yeah, yeah, and you know, Man of the House was a great movie with Chevy Chase, and oh. to, you know, love those two, love both of them. But Jonathan Taylor Thomas, come on. She loves that guy. She loves that guy. I know. <laughs> every every 90s girl's crush. I know. I had a poster of him on my bedroom wall. Who didn't? Exactly. Who Seriously. did not? <laughs> I've still yeah. got I've still got one somewhere. <laughs> no, I, I don't, but Alex probably does. Yeah. Um it won't be going up. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um well. Damn, I, I'm honestly quite stunned right now. I can't wait to talk about these lists after because there's a there's again there's a couple I'm shocked that are not going to be on this for Alex. Um, but Mike, before we get there, you gotta you gotta keep trucking down this list with us. Okay, my number four is uh, a film that I I thought was yeah I thought was a lot more recognized than than I learned now because it's such a cult classic but it is Silent Night Deadly Night 1984 uh, I think there's five of them that have been created over time and there is a remake um, but apparently like this is not rated well at all on Rotten Tomatoes so I don't know who's seen it who likes it but it is definitely a cult classic now um, this movie is yeah, so this is one from the real person dresses up like Santa Claus and then kills you uh, camp. Uh, this one's a little bit more – it's actually a little bit more interesting because it's like this kid, his parents get, get killed by a a different person wearing a Santa suit. So he has like this PTSD and then mixes that like with being raised in an orphanage that's just like – infusing him with this like Catholic guilt and repression. And that leads him to go berserk and just kill a bunch of people, which is fantastic. It's just, uh, just a perfect eighties slasher. And this movie, despite not being the first movie to do this, 
which I'll explain in a second. This movie just freaked everybody the fuck out. It was only in theaters for one week because like the PTA, like parent teacher association and like very similar groups literally just like protested the shit and like picketed theaters and did all kinds of stuff because they were just so horrified that anyone would make a movie where Santa was a murderer. And this is also, you know, like there's a lot of hate on slashers from this time in general, but this was just so over the top. Like Siskel and Ebert went on TV and just listed like names of people in the film and were just like, shame on you. Like you have nothing to be proud of. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like the reviews from this are like, what's next the Easter bunny will kill people. Like, like the craziest stuff that you think was from like 1890, but was from 1980. It's, it's absolutely insane. The backlash that this film got. So in one week it got 2.5 million at the box office, which is already way over the budget. Um, but we'll never really know what it could have done. And obviously, like I said, has since become a cult classic though. There was a uh, Christmas evil in 1980, which is basically the same idea though that movie is the movie's kind of like taxi driver meets like christmas killer it's it's sort of interesting it's not my favorite one but it's 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 even more fucked up in some ways well, um, dude, the one that you are actually picking for your number four i've actually heard i've heard of it because of this legend of it getting pulled and banned from the u.s and like i have wanted to see this movie this this is just the fucking jumpstart i need to do it this holiday season it's time dude definitely it's definitely worth it it's just such a classic 80 slasher and it's also very um uh, i don't want to tell you too much but it's it's sort of halloween adjacent in a few ways like it was filmed in uh utah because movies were cheaper just like those like four or five and six from the halloween movies okay and the, the I can't tell you about the ending and what it's similar yeah, no. to because it'll give it away. But anyway, yeah, it's it's just classic 80s slasher and it's everything I want from Christmas horror. Crazy guy dresses up like Santa and murders you. Nothing better. Okay. Yeah, it sounds great. I have to say, I feel like these really pissed off people that were, you know, giving all this backlash, somehow, some way, their parents really ruined Santa Claus for them. And they're just like really angry that they found out he's, you know, potentially not real. So I, I guess so. That yeah, must be it. there's a little bit of anger behind that. Like, obviously, people are going to create Santa in other ways. Right. These are like, fictional films. Yeah, exactly. Like, we all know Santa is a good person. He's magical and wonderful. You know, sometimes you create fictional stuff on a real person i don't know it's it's so crazy because also like the like you know where i live now the uk has such a long horrible disgusting history of censorship that it drives me nuts and like it's not like it suddenly got better after like the the mid 80s so this movie didn't come out here until 2009 because like it's a long story, but basically like they had to repeal laws. Then like all these movies that didn't come out or were heavily edited in the seventies and eighties never came out here until the two thousands because they just refused to release them in any capacity. <laughs> because you know that's that's just what it is over here. That not cool censorship. Not insane. cool. England no. loves the holidays. 
They love Christmas. Yes, they do. And they, they I would say they love one movie more than any other, possibly. And I don't want to say it. I'll say it after in case it's on one of your lists. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, with that said, I'll pop right in to my number two, which is Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. So, Home Alone, Home Alone, Home Alone the original and Home Alone 2, two of the all-time Christmas classics in my opinion, since we're only choosing one film from a franchise, I'm giving the edge to two. And if I was allowed to include them both, Home Alone would be right after it, but I am someone that firmly believes two is the superior film. Um, Home Alone two, or home, the Home Alone series for anyone. It centers around Kevin McAllister and the McAllister family. Kevin's played by Macaulay Culkin, and the first one, obviously, he's left home, home alone, in Chicago when his family goes out of town, and then these two criminals played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern playing Harry and Marv end up trying to rob his house. He's there, sets a bunch of traps. Number two, it's one year later. It's the holidays again. And this time Kevin makes it to the airport with his family but he gets on the wrong flight and he ends up in New York City stranded there by himself. And as luck would have it, Harry and Marv are not far behind. They've just broken out of prison. They're in New York and they're looking to steal some money from a toy store before ditching town and, uh, you know, hitting the road for good. So... Man, there's to me nothing more classic around the holidays. There's not much more than watching the Home Alone films. There's, there's, I have to watch them on Christmas, around Christmas. I can watch these unlimited amount of times. They're just so, so, so good. So many quotes. And, you know, these John Hughes wrote, the first and the second one. They're both directed by Chris Columbus, um, who's great. And also actually um, directed, if you don't know Chris Columbus, he also directed some other classics like Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, He directed for people, I'm not into into the movies, but he directed the first two Harry Potters. And he's, he's great. But anyway. He also wrote Gremlins. Yes, he did. Um, and so he knows he knows his Christmas. But number two, Lost in New York. Let me tell you guys why number two is better. So number two, one, I'm just going to go through it. One, Kev getting left behind in this one to me. Not that it matters because it's a, a family kids movie, but it's more believable to me. It's like the first one, it's like, come on. They they left him in the, you know, they didn't realize he wasn't in the car. Then they, you know, do all this stuff. They just leave him. I don't buy it. This one, at least, it's still a little far-fetched, but I could see it happening in the hustle and bustle of getting to the flight and it sort of being last minute and it just 
happening that way. Now, another reason, when maybe the most important, I think the traps and just the entire sequence of dealing with all the traps is so much better in this film. The first one, they're awesome. Don't get me wrong. But it's pretty short. And it's, yeah, it's all over pretty quickly. This one, it's like they upgrade all of them. They have some new innovations that are totally separate from the first one. And just like the setting of this this house that's being renovated in the city, it's just perfect for what's about to what's about to happen to these guys. I'm like, then some of the supporting cast in this fucking incredible. Tim Curry in this is all time. Absolutely kills it as the hotel worker. You've also got Rob Schneider in there. And, you know, unfortunately, this actually detracts a point from the film, but unfortunately, Trump makes a cameo in it, Um, which apparently the only reason he's in it is because they wanted to film at the Park Plaza Hotel, of course, and Trump owned it at the time and would not let them film there unless he got a cameo. So which he does for every movie. Yes. And then I guess the one thing I will say that I think between this one and the first one maybe is very even and maybe even the first one wins out is Pigeon Lady in this one, Old Man Marley in the first one. Pretty close competition. I used to always say I like Pigeon Lady more. I think over time I give the edge to Old Man Marley because there's a bit more of a heartfelt story to it. And it's so sweet seeing Kevin look out the window at the end of the first one and seeing him reuniting with his son. So I'm going to give the edge there to the first one. But other than that, I think everything in two is superior. Um, So I fucking love this movie. I, I don't, I do. If you love Christmas, there is no way you're not watching these films around Christmas time. There's just no way. Um, You know, Macaulay Culkin is just a legend for life because of these. It's just, and by the way, a fun fact, which is insane. And maybe it was, you know, it's tough with child stars, but Macaulay Culkin, you know, he was 11 years old when he filmed this. He was paid $4.5 million, which is the, the biggest, at that time was the biggest salary ever to be given to someone of that age. Um, Anyways, guys, I'm ranting and ranting because I love these films so much. Talk to me about Home Alone. Home Alone 2 specifically. (laughs) Well, I guess my little chime in. Both are great movies. I prefer one. And I'm just going to say one is very realistic because how could he... Like, it's... I think it's more realistic that he got left behind at home than him like getting on a flight that he's not supposed to be on and go ahead i just think that like he i'm saying both to a degree are unrealistic but i think i think that where he gets onto the where he gets lost from them at the airport and then it's sort of too short before the flight takes off that they realize it is slightly more believable than them missing him going there getting on the flight without him. Like it's so there's like a, there's a lot of time in between them leaving their house in the first one to getting on the plane opposed to in the second one. It's like 
all within five minutes, essentially, that this happens. But remember in the first one, his ticket gets thrown out. Yes, that's true. And then there's two vans. So maybe some people in the first van think he's in the second, which the other ones think he's in the first. And then they just jump out of the vans and run onto the plane. Hey, don't get me wrong. <laughs> they're, they're two of, outside of my number one choice, which we'll get to, there are no films I love more about Christmas. True, it's, true. Again, Home Alone would be my number three if I could. Yeah. But... I feel like uh, the f- the food is my favorite part of. Th- I love like all the food he orders. <laughs> oh my! I mean, and of course, the best thing ever—the fake movie, "The Angels with Filthy <laughs> Souls," which is part of both. Um, with the you know, keep the change, you filthy animal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In the second one, though, it's outrageous with the Tim Curry scene and like the also the recorded thing from uh, Kev's uncle that's like mm. also played. It's it's so good. But what else? What else were you gonna say? I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just saying that you know all the food he orders in the Plaza Hotel is delicious. Looks yes, you know, and he's just it's just so fun to see this little kid be so creative with getting back at these bad guys. I think every kid probably tried to set traps like that in their own homes. <laughs> Literally, it's sort of like it's almost like reminds me of like Mouse Trap, but like the real. Yeah. I'm like, how many people hit their parents' heads with the paint cans? <laughs> Probably a lot. I bet there's some stories out there. So. <laughs> yeah. Do not uh, try this at home. I know. I. It's definitely been over 20 years since I've seen either of those movies. Oh, I, my God. Honestly, I, think, I don't even think I remember anything about the first one. When you were going through them, like every single scene you mentioned – was from the second one that I remember. I, I don't think I remember the first one at all. Dude. I just remember Pigeon Lady, and yeah, the, he goes to the toy store, Tim Curry. Yeah, that's all I've got. And I guess I remember Pink Can must be the first one, though, right? The what is the first the one? Pink Cans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah, to I watch these movies. The second one, it like up. It's it's like a very funny nod to the first one, Mike, because he does the paint cans, but they're they see it coming this time. But then right after, when they think like, oh yeah, you know, we outsmarted him this time, just like a massive, um, what is it, babe? It's like a, it's like. <sighs> I know he throws like bricks and stuff. Well, it's it's not a brick, but it's like oh, what it's, it's like, like literally. Tube. Well, it's yeah, it's like a full length like bar that just <laughs> flies down and hits them instead. It's great. Um, I I don't want to give away too much, but there also is a recent Christmas horror movie called Better Watch Out, uh, where there is an homage to the paint cans. Ooh. Amazing. Better Watch Out. Okay. Got to check People that love out. that movie. It has an absurd rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought it was absolute dog shit, but that's just me. Really? Okay. Interesting. Um, dude, seriously though, if there's any film off of our lists that I encourage you to give another shot this holiday season. It's Home Alone 1 and 2. It's I remember the pigeon lady. She was pretty legit. She is legit. I love her. Um, Catherine I, O'Hara. I mean, she's legit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sh- shout out Shit's Creek. Always shouting out Shit's Creek, <laughs> a.k.a. Schwartz Creek. Schwartz Creek. Wow. I did David. Not. David. Wow, Alexis. <laughs> I have actually, uh, I'll have a Eugene Levy shout out later. Wow. I'll, I'll bring it back. Along uh, with Martin Short, now that I think about it. 
Holy shit. Okay, this is getting exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing else to say about Home Alone. You, Everyone knows what it is. It's, they're the greatest. Home Alone 2 gets the edge for me. And great soundtracks. Yeah, they are. They really like classic are. Classic Christmas music. It's it's as Christmas as it gets. Go go watch them, people. You know you want to. Okay, Home Alone. Um, so my number three is a movie I discovered this week. It is from 1995. It's a Spanish movie. Uh, slightly more popular than the last one, but it's called Day of the Beast, Dia de la Bestia. Mm. It is directed by Alex de la Iglesia. I haven't seen any of his films, but uh, I will say that basically based on this movie, uh, I don't know how far they got in negotiations, but seems like the rumors are online that he was offered Alien Resurrection, but he didn't take it. But uh, that would have been, his, I think, his most recognizable film. Um, same with really the actors. They're pretty much all Spanish actors. Um, this movie is really totally caught me off guard and it's just the the plot is that a priest has discovered uh when uh like a secret code in the bible that tells him like when the antichrist is going to be born mm-hmm. and he is his plan is to like commit as many sins as possible so that he could sell his soul to the devil, but then trick him and kill the Antichrist. And I had no idea what this was going to be about when this happened. And so, like, he goes to this this period where he teams up with this guy who works in, like, a heavy metal store because he, like, thinks that playing records backwards will have, like, a secret message of Satan. And uh, it's it's just – it's so, like, darkly funny and unlike really anything I've ever seen, especially around, like, Christmas time. Um, and it, it raises a lot of points about, you know, the church and kind of Christ in general and like who's, you know, who's sort of real, who's a charlatan, what's good, what's evil. Like there's a lot of like underlying like moral currents about it. But overall, it's an absolutely absurd premise that just delivers this like strange horror comedy. I'd say maybe comedy first that like someone does die in like the first two minutes. So it is it is horror as well. Um, but it's it's a really unique and interesting film that Javier Bardem turned down, which would have been a hilarious thing to discover like years oh and years God. later. But uh, it's yeah, it's really funny, and it seems like this this director is is also someone that has a kind of lot of, lot of praise in sort of cult films. And I'm definitely looking forward to watching some more because this was this really surprised me. Well, you definitely have to check it out. Yeah. It's, I mean, you've just been dropping so many movies that I've never heard of. And I know Christmas is going to look a lot different this year. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm like, oh, and I, I really do. I'm someone that does love foreign films. Obviously, the classics are mostly American or British, but I, or I just haven't discovered all the foreign classics yet, but... I'm a, I'm a lover of the foreign film. I like subtitled films, so I'm very excited truly to check out like almost every film on your list cuz there's a lot of foreign films on there. Yeah, this one is just it's just a lot of fun and I think it would it will connect with a lot of people. It's it's really funny. Okay. 
Wow. Add it to the list. I mean, I can't believe we've gotten to where we've gotten. <laughs> I, Mike, do, do you want to do your number two first so that we all sort of do number one in a row? What do you think? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. I could do that. Yeah. I think uh, it could be good. My number two is extremely different from the movie I just said. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is British. So I guess it's technically foreign, but obviously English language. This movie is, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a bit of an enigma in the sense that like, like, uh, it's one of those where the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is pretty high, but the audience score is only 50%. Um, and it is a sort of low budget, British Christmas horror film called The Children from 2008. Mm. Mm. Um, this, I, I watched this again this week, and this movie is, you know, obviously a lot of horror movies are, especially like that, like this, like fucking Jack Frost and stuff like that. They, 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 you know, verge on comedy and they're not necessarily like, really scaring you at this point um especially if you're an adult and you watch a bunch of horror movies like i do this movie creeps me the fuck out everything (laughs) about it is so unsettling it's it's 85 minutes long and there's like there's basically no setup it's completely chaotic and crazy from the first minute um the the story is basically i think it takes place somewhere between like christmas and new year's but basically like uh uh, this sister brings her husband and their three kids over to like yeah her sister's spot in the country um and she has like two little kids so it's like four parents four little kids and one teenager and like just because the kids are like running around and screaming it's like crazy and unsettling like right from the very beginning and then it just yeah it just explodes into absolute chaos and these kids um it's it's very omen like where the kids are the killers but like what they're able to accomplish in terms of the mood and also some of the gore with like the budget that they have it is fucking terrifying this movie just really like it's so unnerving it all takes place at one place uh just with this one house in warwickshire um it is Honestly, it it may be like the best use of kids in horror since The Omen, but on the other hand, they take it 10 times further than The Omen, and I think they deserve credit for that in a sense, but it is just having kids is enough to terrify me, but the thought that they might kill you is just the worst. I just this one just gets me. I can't handle it. And so this one you're saying the critics loved, but the audience strangely is like yeah. is like 50%. Yeah. And I, I honestly have no idea why. Like I said, like this is really w- truly one of the few things, especially ones that I've watched or rewatched recently that like legitimately is is like it's even if it doesn't scare you so much, it's so unnerving. Like kids in general, like if like kids in scary movies are always creepy, but like yeah, this one takes it to a new level. Holy shit. I'm like, it's so funny too, because typically that rating, it's like, usually it ends up being, it's either like critics and audience both love it or like critics don't like it, but audience loves it. This is like an interesting twist on that. I'm so curious to see this man. And there are others, uh, there are a, a fair number of 
stuck in an estate British Christmas movies that I will throw up. Uh, one is Christmas Presents from 2018. It's a Shudder original. Uh, it's not very good, but um, it's it's one that's kind of recent. And then a movie that I like a lot, uh, Whoever Slew Auntie Rue from 1971. <laughs> I, I was going to put it on my list, but I, the ending is not fantastic. But it's um, the first hour is pretty fucking dope. Okay. Awesome. I have to check these ones out. I've I feel like the chaos and the chill of the children one sounds a little bit intense, but it's it's really intense. Honestly, like the the one criticism I have of the movie is that it's too chaotic to start. So like mm-hmm. it's hard to even get into because you don't know what the fuck is happening mm-hmm. until people are just like dying left and right. <laughs> but there's only four people that die, right? Uh, Where did the kids start killing each other? More than four people die. Okay. That's all I could say. Got it. Wow. Okay. No dogs um, die, right? <laughs> no dogs die. Uh, oh, boy. Yes, well, think about it. I don't think so, actually. I don't think Perfect. any dogs die. Perfect. All right. Alex might be down to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Wow. Okay. We're here. We are fucking here. I just need to preface before you say it, Al, I need you to know there are two films and I won't say what they are, but there's two films since I've known you that I thought were your two favorite Christmas movies ever. One of them is not even on the top five list and I am stunned right now. And I'm just at the edge of my seat waiting to know which of the two (laughs) takes the number one spot. Okay, well, my number one is near and dear to my heart. It's a movie that I only can watch Christmas Eve. Um, it, me and my parents watched watched it every Christmas Eve, so it's it's one of those for me. Um, I know like a lot of people have traditions. This was like our tradition, and I still watch it every Christmas Eve to this day. Uh, but my number one is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation that came out in 1989. Um, yes, it's part of the National Lampoon's with Chevy Chase. So the cast is great. It's stacked in this, this one. Obviously the kids are different, not the same actors from the other ones. Um, but the kids kind of changed in every movie. Uh, but the people that stay the same obviously are Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, and Randy Quaid as Cousin Eddie, of course. Gotta love Cousin Eddie. Um, but Juliette Lewis is in it. Johnny Galecki. Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. And Doris Roberts from Everybody Loves Raymond. I love her. Um, it's just an all-time classic. It's funny. You know, as soon as it starts, the opening like credits with this the music and you know, it starts with his family driving and I just want to pay, um, you know, well, pay like reference from my last time on your podcast. I said that the truck, the pickup truck in Overboard was in National Lampoon's vacation. Yes. So just remembering that moment. Um, also, but- quick, quick update. I watched Overboard and it's incredible. It's <laughs> incredible. It is like... Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell, uh, they're incredible people, and it's an incredible movie. I'm glad you watched it and loved it. That makes me happy. Um, but yeah, National Lampoons is just, it's, you know, Clark Griswold is 
makes every mistake possible and just has the worst luck in the world and is ridiculous and you just you're like how does this happen to this one man and his family just kind of go along with it and all of their family it's their families come for the holidays and it's just chaos and hilarious and funny and great and yeah I just I can't go a Christmas Eve without watching this movie um, from start to finish, it's wonderful. And it's just warming and loving because it is a tradition for my family. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, you have to see it. It, it If you haven't seen it, I'd be shocked. But, um, but yeah, it's just wonderful. Um, and, yeah, I have some great fun facts. But first of all, thoughts? Have you guys seen all of the National Lampoons with Chevy Chase? yeah yeah and i watched vacation like regular vacation recently and mm-hmm. I, that one also kind of caught me off guard with how fucking good it still is Dude. yeah they're oh. great original vacation holds up so well as does christmas i think the other two don't hold up as well but which one european european and then vegas yeah. but number one and then this one number three are both all-time classics mm-hmm. like Vegas doesn't hold up as well, but the casino they go to is just so fucking. It gets gets me every time. Yes, yes. Just that's that whole part. I just can't stop cracking up. All of them are honestly enjoyable, but like the the first one and the third one are just fucking fantastic. And it's yeah, I I this is the one. If if I would have had to bet money that one movie would be on Alex's list, this would be it because I obviously know the background with that it, you know, is very special to her and her family. Um, and it's, it's so great. Like I fully support this pick. It's just like, you know, it was definitely in the, in the running for mine, just missed it, but it's, it's an all time Christmas classic. A hundred percent. And it's, it is cute in the movie. Again, love the references. There's a lot to like Wally World is referenced in it and mm-hmm. just random things from the other movies. And I love all the movies, even, you know, if they're not as great as for me as Christmas Vacation. But um, I do love them all. But some cool facts. So um, interestingly enough, Chris Columbus was the original director for this movie. But after he had two meetings with Chevy Chase, he just couldn't work with him. Um, I'm guessing there was a little bit of beef. But, you know, I think it was meant to be because shortly after Home Alone was dropped in his lap. And, of course, we love Home Alone. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, um, it ended up being what was supposed to be in that situation. Um, But, yeah. Chevy Chase clearly can be a little bit difficult. <laughs> yeah, he's notoriously yeah, difficult. Yeah, but with. we love you, Chevy Chase, we even do. if you are. Um, yeah, we talked about this in Dirty Work, too. It's very <laughs> unfortunate that at this point there's there's so much smoke that there's obviously fire, but like so many fucking great movies. Yeah, he, he's a great actor. Um, also, he, you know, in the scene when he gets really angry when the lights won't turn on, and he like starts kicking all of the Christmas stuff. He actually uh-huh. he broke his pinky finger in the scene. Um, oh that's God. unfortunate. So he must have been really pissed off. But I just, you know, a little fun fact there. And also when the two 
um, like the great grandparents arrive. I don't know if you remember um, the one with the toupee, the guy with the toupee and oh yeah, little old grandma. At during that scene, an earthquake happened. So, so it's just kind of funny how like, you know, when you watch it, I think people do kind of like look a little bit like, whoa, what was that? But, um, but yeah, little, little fun facts. Just, I love, I love, I love this movie. It's, it's great. It's full on Christmas. It celebrates to like a family in so much chaos at the end, you know, they come together and also to, um, Chevy Chase did improv when he talks about his boss and says he's a low life, this, that, and the other. (laughs) He did improv that, so that's pretty awesome because I think that's a very famous part of the movie. Totally, he's clear. Look, Chevy Chase clearly has talent. It's a shame, obviously, that you hear all these things about that he's difficult to work with, but you hear a lot of great things too. Of course, I mean, yeah, he's. I'm like, I look at it like Beverly D'Angelo worked with him for four movies. Clearly, there's a good side to him. Yeah. I mean, he's been in a shit ton of movies and, and shows. So clearly, people have been able to put up with him. Um, great, great choice. Classic choice. Um, should I reveal the, the other film that I've, I'm sort of mind blown isn't on your list? Sure. Yes. So I always knew that, that, Christmas Vacation was number one. I always was under the impression that not too far behind was Elf. And <laughs> that's your number one? No, no, that's not my number one. Oh. I'm oh, saying, you're just I, saying you thought it would I be love Elf. Elf. I think yeah. it was legit. No, I just I just when like I there's certain movies I know that you like all the movies a lot that you've done in this top five. I just for whatever reason thought that Elf because right, I always say Santa, I know him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, no, I no, it is it was really tough for me. Like Elf is on my honorable mentions and I mm-hmm. I fucking do love Elf. I I can watch it a 100 times over. I love Zoe Deschardnel and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and you know, obviously, um, Will Ferrell is awesome. I've actually met him in person. I waited on him once, and he made me love him. He's such a great guy in person. Like, I, f- I fucking love Will Ferrell. He is oh, an awesome, cool. nice, friendly, outgoing, funny in person, just as a regular dude. Um, great guy. So the opposite of the opposite of Chevy Chase. <laughs> yeah, like Will Ferrell. I have so so much heart for him. And an elf really would. It, this is kind of weird to say, but maybe you'll understand. For me, elf could be number two on my list, but these movies have an older story with me, I feel like, in a sense. Like Santa Claus and Miracle on 34th have been something I've watched ever since I was a little girl. So I feel like they were ahead of elf just because I have. You know, Christmas for me is a magical, memorable experience, and those mm-hmm. movies have more of a memorable feeling to me. I totally can understand that. So, like, yeah. Elf came out a lot later. It's a lot more modern, but it's if if it was a list of, 
I don't know. If if you asked me to do a different type of Christmas list, I think it would be on there. But for this, I just went with like the sentimental side. Mm-hmm. So, um, sorry, I just bumped that. But yeah, so Elf, you know, it it could have been on my list. Oh, you close. make me feel terrible. I, lo- I, <laughs> I love them. And I love maple syrup just as much as Elf does. Yeah. No, and, <laughs> and no joke. I love maple syrup. I'll say something to you that'll make, you know, make the people involved with Elf proud. I am someone that always found Elf to be incredibly overrated. And what? Yeah. Yeah. And he's ridiculous. I know. I've lost. And, and, oh, anyways, I hadn't given it a second chance after first seeing it so many years ago. And when I first met Alex, she, you know, obviously told me how much she loved a, a few different Christmas movies, one of them being Elf. And because of watching it again with her, and not because, she loves it because there's plenty of movies that we have different different feelings on, but she really made me give it a second chance and realize that it's great. And now, and I love Will Ferrell, by the way. So it's like, and of course John Favreau too, who directed it. And so it's like, you know, so much to love about the movie. Seeing it again, it's like now we we watch it every Christmas and it's great. So again, for me, still not in my top five, but in the discussion now finally so if you if you did anything alex it's you you turn someone back onto the elf on the elf train yeah and shout out will ferrell shout out maple syrup <laughs> if anyone wants to send me free maple syrup please do do a couple oh, haircuts oh, right yeah. now uh and i'm I, because i love you town i'm willing to jump on an even bigger will ferrell grenade because i for some inexplicable reason that I can't at all remember right now, I didn't think that Step Brothers was good when I first watched it. Dude, and obviously, it's absolutely genius. Not to go on a complete Will Ferrell detour, because we'll we'll talk about him another time, but I actually, with both Step Brothers and Anchorman, felt the same my first watch. And then my second watch onwards, those are two of my all-time favorite comedies. Also, shout out Semi Pro. <laughs> exactly because it's great and underrated and old school and old school of course oh. it's so weird. i want to watch old school like tonight Ooh. it's so weird because i was just listening to another podcast and ellen pompeo was on it and i didn't realize she was in old school just side note but oh, nice i love we, her you want to know another old school side note we have mentioned luke wilson for family stone i randomly brought up vince vaughn and uh, now we have will ferrell <laughs> to complete the trifecta of wow. the old school stars this is and really a mu- podcast about old school people we might as well shout out sean william schwart yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with an Deserves incredible it. credible cameo yeah and snoop dogg <laughs> All right, we've totally, totally gone into the oh, old school realm. Blue. Oh, we mentioned Juliet Lewis too, actually. <laughs> oh all right, all right, wait, we're totally lost. Okay, yeah, we've we've wait. Ma- okay. We mentioned Juliet Lewis because she's yes, in, we um, did, yes, we did. Yeah, and we should mention right. Jeremy Piven too, just in case. Yeah, we should. We and really Alicia, should. and Alicia Cuthbert. Oh God! Oh yeah, Alicia. How could we not? What a fucking movie! God damn, I'm um, watching old school after this podcast. Me too. I can't it's also wait. crazy when you go back because like Vince Vaughn wasn't in any like real comedies before that. Like he was in Swingers, but like he made a lot of other like serious movies. And this then, was like, sort of his dive back in. Final. I mean, Swingers. 
is a comedy of sorts, but old school was sort of what kicked him off then as this big comedic actor. And it's weird. We watched Vince Vaughn last night. <laughs> we did, um, which is going to be it's going to be an honorable mention. But we watched Four Christmases. Um, God, I love Vince Vaughn. Anywho, Mike, do you want do you want do you want me to go first, and we can end on a horror note? Sure. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this back up from where Alex left off with how she chose her picks for this list, which was the memories, bringing it back to childhood traditions. And my number one is exactly that. There's one film, just like for Alex, every single Christmas Eve with her family growing up, she always watched Christmas Vacation. There was always one classic that we watched in the Cohen household and that I still do to this day, and that is the original 1966 Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. This, this, this is everything for me. And this brings it back to the argument earlier where we know where Mike and Alex stand. They're all on the Jim Carrey train. But Wait, wait a second. I didn't say that it was better. I'm just saying it's, it's super legit. Okay, okay. So... I, I do look forward to rewatching the Jim Carrey version, but this to me is for me, my Christmas classic. It reminds me of obviously growing up, watching this every Christmas Eve, sort of being the last thing I'd watch before, you know, going to bed and waiting for, to see what Santa brought me each year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's actually very short, this special. It was a TV special. Um, you know, it's about 25 minutes long, but it packs so much into that 25 minutes. I mean, Boris Karloff, who voices the Grinch and narrates it, his voice as the Grinch, it, I mean, it is, you cannot imitate it. It is absolutely legendary. And, you know, he actually primarily, if you know Boris Karloff, was primarily known for horror films. You know, he he portray- he was Frankenstein and Frankenstein. Um, Shout out old- to the Black Cat. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. And yeah, so anyway, he's a, he's an absolute legend. But yeah, one of the last things he ever did in his life, he died in 1969. This came out in 1966. Was voice the Grinch in this incredible tale, and you know, Alex already gave you guys the plot of the Grinch. It's really up to preference. You know, there's this version, there's the Jim Carrey version that came many, many years later. There now recently, just a couple of years ago was a new Grinch, which I think is not as good as either of those versions. Honestly, mostly due to the fact that his voice just does not cut it. And Jim Carrey did a much better job getting close to Boris. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's just so good. It's like the Grinch, I really do think, is like one of the greatest Christmas figures. Um, His voice, his mannerisms, you know, shout out to Max. It's just such a heartwarming message at the end of the film. And having the Grinch with his heart, you know, growing three sizes and him ending up down there in town 
eating dinner with the Who's in Whoville. And uh, I just, I love it so much. It holds up 1966. It holds up to this day. Every time I watch it, I don't feel like I'm watching something that was made in 1966. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't made in, uh, you know, the 2000s, but it just, I don't think this will ever go out of style. And oh, the Grinch, I'm just thinking of him with that devilish grin right now. It's just, it's one of a kind. It's one of a kind. The You got a shout out to Max in there, which is good. The only thing about it that I think we haven't shouted out so far is the music. Oh, which, the- I mean, of the songs that get stuck in my head around Christmas time, number one, Little Drummer Boy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely every year. But number two, I mean, it's it's the Grinch. It's the Grinch. The, You're a mean one, Mr. Mr. Grinch. Mr. Grinch. It's unreal. I was listening to it the other day, actually, the music. And the to like to your point, I was literally humming it all day to myself. And it's, you have to put on that voice when you sing it to yourself, too. Absolutely. How can you You're not? You're a mean one. <laughs> Mr. Oh, as Grinch. As a cactus. <laughs> Mr. Grinch. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. It's just so freaking good. Um yeah, it's it's as classic as it gets in my eyes. And it 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 filled my heart and mind with wonder and all the special Christmas feels when I was a kid. And it's one of the few things that still gives me that like true childhood imagination and wonder that I had back then. We love it. We love it. Closing thoughts on the Grinch before I take over. Love the Grinch. Yeah. Like there's nothing bad about your version you know, it's wonderful to watch and you have to watch all of them. I'm I'm looking forward to doing a double feature this year mm-hmm. with Jim Carrey and this one. The new one is his voice sort of ruins it, unfortunately, but it's not terrible. It's still you're still watching the Grinch in an animated full length movie form. But yeah, I wasn't a fan of the new one. Yeah, I'd. This this one's the absolute classic, and and I'm very much you know you guys are high on Jim Carrey's version as well. I'm, I'm looking forward to revisiting it this year. Anyways, I think we're about to go down the final horror rabbit hole right now. Yeah, and if if you are an astute film watcher, you know what this is going to be. I, oh, I'm ready. I know. I it. think I know what it is. It's I the- searched far and wide to try to find something else. You know, I watched films from, see, Spain, France, Finland, the Netherlands, the UK, Italy, everywhere, and there simply is not a better Christmas horror film than the 1974 classic Black Christmas. <laughs> I can confirm it's not out there. It's just not out there. Stop searching. Uh, I think most people sort of know this film, but it's, you know, a, a, a stalker stalking a sorority house at Christmas time. Um, it is 
it wasn't necessarily the first to do either of these things, but it's it's largely credited with popularizing like a POV killer that that Halloween intentionally ripped off uh, a few years later. Mm-hmm. And, you know, based on the urban legend of like the killers calling from inside the house, uh, this is only like I think the second movie that really does that. Um, directed by Bob Clark, who also did A Christmas Story, which is hilarious. Also, Baby Geniuses, but that's this is a side note. And Porky's. Um, <laughs> what shout out? The cat. I mean, yeah, the the also made in Canada. I should mention Canada gets the number one spot. Shout out Canada, love Canada. Um, the the so God, where to even begin? I love the cast in this movie. So the sort of final girl before that was really a trope is Olivia Hussey, who. Uh, is famous for being in Romeo and Juliet, but is in the absolute classic Psycho 4, the most amazing TV movie, and a ridiculous movie called Turkey Shoot, which if you haven't seen it, everybody should definitely watch. Is it a Thanksgiving film? No, it is not at all. It's an Ausploitation <laughs> film. It's oh insane. Oh my God. It's absolutely insane. Um, Margot Kidder, who I mentioned in the last podcast, I absolutely love because she's briefly in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. But oh, yeah. is obviously in Superman, Amityville Horror, uh, that Brian De Palma movie Sisters, which a lot of people are high on, and I'm not as high on. And then a legendary black exploitation film, The Dion Brothers, that everybody should check out. John Saxon, who yes, Nightmare on Elm Street, but all I care about is Enter the Dragon. Uh, a role by Marion Waldman, who basically is in nothing else, but she is the house mother, Mrs. Mack, and she's absolutely incredible in this movie with the, the most famous quote, these broads would hump the leaning tower of Pisa if they could get up there. <laughs> and she, and she just hides liquor throughout the house and gets shamed until she dies. Absolutely incredible. And then uh, Andrea Martin, who probably had like the biggest career uh, after this, she was in uh, my big fat Greek wedding, but she was also in the Canadian show uh, SCTV network 90, which is absurd if you haven't seen it. The cast is John Candy, Rick Moranis, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Martin Shore. It's so many people. It's absolutely insane. So, uh, and I should mention Black Christmas is one of Steve Martin's favorite movies, according to the internet. So, many wow. shout outs for Alex. Um, I this is one that it's it's you know it's such a classic that uh, there's a lot out there. But some of the facts that I didn't know that I thought were interesting are. One, when this was going to make its network debut on TV, two weeks before, there was some murders at Florida State. So they canceled it because it was like way too topical. Uh, And those turned out to be murders from Ted Bundy, which I never knew. Holy shit. Which is crazy and fucked up. Uh I didn't. I I tried very hard to disprove this fact, but I've come to the conclusion that it's true. This is actually the first seasonal slasher movie. Because well, it's, it's bef- go ahead. It's also, I think, disputed, of course, but it's one of the very first slasher films ever. Definitely, it's it's definitely like one of the first ten, depending on how you define it. Right. It's like some and people it's super would, influential. Totally. Like I'd say. The other ones I can think of off the top of my head would be the original Texas Chainsaw came out, I think, that same year in 74. 
And then obviously Halloween wasn't until 78. And then there's like maybe one or two, I feel like that you could debate before, right? Well, it depends because Psycho and Peeping Tom are both from 1960. I mean, there's there's not a consistent yeah. trend from 60 to 74, but I think Psycho is probably the first recognized slasher. Do we consider Psycho a slasher? I do. You do? Because he slashes. True. With an- he does slash. I'm middle ground. I'm middle ground. I feel like I feel like it sort of lays the groundwork for slashers, but I don't know if I'd call it a slasher. I guess it can be argued. I'd have to think. I'd have to think about it a little more. But, but for, bottom for line, me it is. So but anyway, it's early. It's and we we didn't mention this in our Halloween podcast, but I mean John Carpenter like called up Bob Clark and was he basically said, you know, if you had to make black christmas 2 what would it be and that's how he developed halloween holy I mean, it's, shit. It's, it's it's not a ripoff i mean and bob clark says himself that you know halloween's its own movie but the pov thing that makes um halloween so famous is 100 percent ripped off from this movie um it's such a great the, fucking movie man also i'll mention that this movie in the uk especially which is absurd they edited out the word cunt in the UK, where we say cunt every day, they just love censorship so much that they had to get rid of cunt. Those cunts. It's so weird that they love censorship in movies, but like in their like newspapers and stuff, you see full nudity. The most crazy fucking shit. I know. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Also, I'll mention that Cisco and Ebert hated this movie because they hated all slashers and our ridiculous <laughs> prude. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just. I think what really sets this movie apart for me, besides like the horror is great, the whole idea is great, but it's the, I mean, the movie was written by a uh, Roy Moore, but Bob Clark went back after and added in like so many funny parts. Like there's the classic scene where he gives them the number and they're talking about fellatio, but then Margot Kidder's character just absolutely kills me every time. Like, I don't know, what is it, like three minutes into the movie where she's on the phone with her mom and she just goes, you're a real gold-plated whore, mother, you know that? <laughs> it just absolutely kills me every time. Love this movie. Sorry, I ranted. Go ahead. I I love it as well. Alex and I watched it for the first time together, I think, last year. Yeah, I just hate scary. Like, I'm the I'm the person that's like, yeah, I'll watch it. And I sit there with my ears plugged and my eyes closed. And I still know what happens in the movie. But yeah, that's me. But it was I, it was a good movie. And I feel like also, while Alex does do that, I think you typically. I mean, I guess it's a little bit all movies, but I feel like slashers in particular, depending on what they are you do do that but like you're you're watching the majority of the time and i feel like yeah and sometimes i like pre-look up what the deaths are gonna be (laughs) (laughs) so that she'll be okay so i'm like okay it still will make me jump even if i know what's gonna happen it's so funny Uh, but yeah we watched that one together and it was great and i seriously as i've been i mean i I think what's so fun about how we did it today is there's if you don't come out of this list with at least a few new movies to watch, I just that's crazy. I mean, I guess for those that don't like horror, I know there's people that just don't do it. Maybe you're not going to do it. But if you're into horror, I feel like there is a very high likelihood that you haven't seen at least 
at least a few of these, if not over half this list. So it's like for me, I'm like, shit, I have a ton of new movies to watch. I'm stoked. Mm-hmm. I think that means I did my job. I think I've convinced you that mine are better. And I know you didn't say that, but that's what I heard. So just no, let me keep it's not you're, you're very wrong. Better. It's saying that there's more to watch because your list hasn't been watched versus ours have been watched. So hey. like that would make ours better. Yeah, I feel like ours are the true classics. And <laughs> look, let's. We want everyone to tell us if who whose whose films do you want to watch the most? Alex and mine, or Mike's around the holidays. What I will say to give everyone some props is, if anything, it just creates a bigger Christmas catalog, and I'm looking forward to a lot of films to watch this this December. And I appreciated we didn't have much crossover. We had one. I know. I was I was worried about. I was actually really surprised you didn't have one of the Home Alones on there. I was worried that that would cross over. And then I knew the Santa Claus would would cross over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I forget. I'm trying to think if there was any other one that I was worried maybe. No, I didn't think there would be really any others. But I was definitely thinking about the Santa Claus and Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was good. I can't believe that was our only one. That was, that was yeah. awesome. And Did you guys have any other honorable mentions you wanted to shout out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can start. Okay. So my first one is I'll Be Home for Christmas with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. JTT classic. Great. It's, he's actually, it's so weird because he's a, he's a little bit older in this movie. Um, and Jessica Biel is in it, who I love too. It's just a really cute, like, it's like a rom-com, you know, Christmas movie. Um Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Jessica Biel are dating and they get in a fight and she ends up getting a ride from this guy who is into her, but Jonathan Taylor Thomas and him kind of like hate each other. And then Jonathan Taylor Thomas has no way to get home, but his dad, he never usually goes home and his dad has convinced him if he gets home by a certain time, he'll get um, the Porsche, this car that his dad has been like building And so he rushes to get home and it's kind of like, you know, he gets stuck in places and all this crazy stuff. But it's a great movie. And if you're a Jonathan Taylor Thomas fan, you're going to love it. Um, Got to complete the Jonathan Taylor Thomas filmography. um, Um, The other one, I have two more. The other one is Jingle All the Way, Arnie. Got to love Arnold Schwarzenegger and Turbo. Turbo Man. (laughs) We We watched that the other night. We did. It's a great movie. Um, if you know from back in the day, and then lastly, wait. Also, special shout out Sinbad. Oh yeah, Sinbad shout out. Of course, of course. Um, and then the last one is actually a newer one um, from Netflix, Christmas Chronicles. The first one came out, I believe, last year. Um, it's with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Had to shout them out. Love that. Yes, favorite duo. Um, Number two is actually coming out. I believe on the 25th. So um, get ready to watch that on Netflix. But they're actually, the first one was so great. I thought they did a wonderful job. And if you love Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, which most do, I think it just like hits those like heartstrings. Um, And I'm really excited for number two 
to watch it um, when it's out on Netflix. So those are my honorable mentions. Amazing. Um, I've got a nice little list of honorable mentions. I've also have Jingle All the Way. Of ones that you had on your actual list, I have Christmas Vacation and um, Family Stone. And yeah, then on mine, just some that I thought about for this list that I want to shout out is the OG Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the 1964 stop-motion animated uh, TV special. Um, Love that. That's another one I used to watch a lot as a kid. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, I definitely want to bring that back this holiday season. But then also Frosty the Snowman, which was another TV special right around that same time as Rudolph and the Grinch, came out in 1969. Um, And then a few other shout-outs. Lethal Weapon, I think everyone gets all, you know, up in a tizzy about Die Hard, but Lethal Weapon's another Christmas movie. And again, if you're scratching your head, if you haven't seen it a bit, is it a Christmas? Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. I feel like you're either Team Die Hard or Team Lethal Weapon. Which is funny because I'm team both, but if I had to pick one, it's no question. There is no team both. You can't be a team both. All right, well, then then I'm team Die Hard. Same. Um... But do love Murtaugh. Too old for this shit. Um, <laughs> then I'm going to shout out just a few more. Office Christmas Party, newer film, came out a few years ago. You know, it's fun. It's an epic office Christmas party. Uh, got a great cast in there. You've got Jason Bateman, Jennifer Aniston, um, TJ Miller. You've got... Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn, Kate McKinnon. It's It's a great, great, funny little movie. Um, and then I want to shout out just friends, Ryan Reynolds, Amy Smart, Chris Klein, uh, just love Ryan Reynolds. And back in the day, I feel like a lot of guys always would watch this movie because like you didn't want to get put in the friend zone, but, uh, little shout out for just friends and then nightmare before Christmas, of course, and one more. To go to build off of Alex's uh, Netflix recent movie shout out, I want to shout out the very recent movie Holiday, um, which just came out, I think, on Netflix, and I thought it was great. It's like um, it's it's sort of a, a raunchy rom com, and it's about these two, you know, these two people that each aren't with anyone and sort of when it comes to the holidays they don't have anyone to bring to like holiday parties into their family stuff and it's emma roberts and then i'm trying to think of like what's the guy that's in it um what's his name let me find it for for y'all it is luke bracy he plays he plays the guy jackson but they pretty much decide to be each other's holidays and it's it's really a fun little charming rom-com i i was very very surprised by it and i think it's worth a watch so neither of you guys shouted out the movie i was going to say before which is the holiday which i'd never seen until i moved to the uk and seems to be everybody's favorite movie in the uk i don't know what it is it's on all the time it's been like (laughs) anointed the go-to british christmas movie I do think it's awful, but 
Justin, I did take you to t- like one of the towns where it was filmed when you were here in the UK. Wait, which but which is- uh, which one? Uh, Sheer. They built like this no this shit. house where like you know, where she lives in the country in the UK. Like that house they built like in Sheer, and there's uh, I think like when she drives to the town, some of that is filmed uh, closer to my house. Okay, wow. Yeah, I will say about like about holiday the holiday. I actually really like it. I hadn't seen it until sometime in the last few years. I think the cast is great. And like, I always love me some Jack Black, but uh, I think it's good. I mean, I like it. It's just not one of my top classics by any means. It's again, for me, if I'm going to shout out one sort of more modern one, it's going to be Love Actually. But I do like it. I do like it. Yeah, I like it. I like I like it more than Love Actually. But again, I just like go for more of the like classic old school Christmas mm-hmm. movies personally. I feel like you're like if I chose Love Actually, some people like the holiday. I feel like your more newer age ensemble one is Family Stone. Exactly. Um, my brother would also be so pissed if I didn't shout out the night before. I don't. I don't think it's worthy of like even being near the top five, but it is a great little Seth Rogen comedy. So I'll shout it out for Dylan because I know he fucking loves it. <laughs> But yeah, that's it. Yeah. So my question, are you a fan of mince pies? <laughs> uh, great question. Uh, mince pies to me are really similar to candy corn in that like- No every time, way. Every time it's Christmas, <gasps> I have Jesus. one and then I'm like, wait, I hate mince pies. This sucks. And I like throw the other half out. I just I think I want to like them, but they just aren't good. Okay, one nothing's no way similar to candy corn. Candy corn is gross. Like mince pies no, are. You forget how gross they are until you eat them. Mince pies are so fucking delicious. I could eat oh, like God. twenty of them. Oh uh, wow! Okay, I'm like ready to go. We have a spot in Santa Monica that sells all that like British stuff, and I'm I'm going there to get all the goods. Ooh. Okay, so when you say mince pies, are, are they are you getting like homemade mince pies or are these like store bought? Like, well, the six for a obviously the the store bought ones are good. Um, I like the you know the homemade too, but the you have to get the Walkers mince pies. They're delicious, and you just put a little bit of heavy cream on them. Mm-mm. <laughs> Explain okay, for I, all I, our American I, listeners. So it's not mince pie. meat, people. Mince pie is like raisin sultanas, like this. Which are just raisins. Yeah, it's like fruit all like minced together, kind of, um, and put in this pastry, this like sweet pastry. It is delicious. If you've never had a mince <laughs> pie, go get one. They are delicious. Delicious. I'm, I'm I'm delicious. I will say that they are indeed delicious. Um Do you have an advent calendar? Uh I I don't yet, but I, I do pretty much every Are you year, yeah. do you get uh white chocolate or milk? Uh what do you usually so get? I don't I think in the past I've only ever had milk because mm. Well, I, I don't hate white chocolate, but Karina hates white chocolate, so 
Ah, Karina, get on it. Get on and it. In our, in our old age, we have an advent calendar of small gifts. So we don't even have a chocolate one. Got it. Oh. Yeah. I play, you know, the game that we've always played with my family in England is we all have like an advent calendar that's a chocolate one. You know, one may have lint, one may have whatever, Cadbury's, all of that. But you have to guess what's behind the door. And if you guess right, you get the other person's chocolate. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so it's a big, like, you know, it's Ooh, a situation. A competition. It's competition. You know, you may end up with like a few chocolates. I dig it. Yeah, I haven't had a chocolate advent calendar since I've been here, but I, I definitely fuck with Quality Street. I, oh, I pretty much always oh, get one of those. So good. Uh, so you like Quality Street more than Roses? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And celebrations can just fucking yeah. Lose my celebrations Wherever, can who created celebrations that? in the office like canteen area? Just fuck you. I know. <laughs> like like who purchases those? Uh, but I do love like you know the Christmas like boxes when they have a curly whirly flake like all the big. Uh, gosh, I'm so jealous of you at Christmas time. All right, last last Christmas question. You you fuck with chocolate orange or what's up with that? Oh yeah, I do love a chocolate orange. But the British one is so much better than what you can find here. So what is it again? Please explain. It's it's like a well it's it looks like an orange. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a solid ball of chocolate that if you if you kind of smash it the right way, you can get little segments like a regular orange. But it's it's very I don't know. It's just, it's got that like for me, it's just way too like artificial mm. flavory. Okay. Do you like um, matchsticks? Matchsticks. I don't know if I've ever had matchsticks. Interesting. Mm. I like matchsticks. (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh. All that Christmas pudding. Like, I feel like England just does Christmas food in general way fucking better. Well, because it's starting August. There's a lot more time to prepare. True. You guys are worried about Thanksgiving and stuff. There's other holidays in between. (laughs) True. That's true. That's true. Um, I do love a Thanksgiving, though. Yeah, Thanksgiving has definitely become my second favorite holiday over time. We might agree on that. It might be the second best holiday. I think Alex agrees on that, too. Yeah, oh, 100%. I love Thanksgiving. Yeah. Food food and friends I That's and family, the three Fs. Do you ever celebrate it out there, Mike? Like, I know that yeah, we, they don't we, technically, but... No, we host every year, and uh, so we do it like the Saturday after because obviously, you know, people are working on mm-hmm. the Thursday. But it's, I mean, this year is going to be fucked up, obviously. But normally, you know, that that's rivalry week in college football, so we get like Michigan, Ohio State, Auburn, Alabama. So it's similar feel to what Thanksgiving is like back home with just a lot of food and football. Mm-hmm. See, and yeah. some more F's: football, food, family, friends. Wow. Oh my God. It's, these, are, it. these are all the F's that we need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to add a little, like, you know, food discussion in here. How could there not be? I mean, honestly, such a hot take about mince pies. I can't even believe this. Oh, they're so good. She oh. loves, she introduced me to them. I'd never had them. And do you I like, was like, do you like Christmas pudding? I mean, it's fine, but like, no, not really. Mm. Or Christmas cake, you know, it has all that like icing around it. Yeah, that's just, uh, that's not for me. 
<laughs> Honestly, we, we could go on about how bad British desserts are for a while, but there's a lot of bad ones out there. Sticky toffee pudding. Uh, have you ever had a treacle pudding out of the can? Not out of the can. Oh, gosh, you're missing out. What is it? Oh, <laughs> tarts? So like, much. Oh. Sorry, Mike, tart, I you're dealing with the sweets master in Alex. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna have to talk about this in another podcast and just go off on it because I literally go to the store and I look at things and I'm like, "Who's buying golden syrup? What the fuck is that? And who uh. buys it?" But now I know. Now I know the answer. <laughs> oh. uh, do you like Battenberg? Okay, Battenberg is so I am a a fat guy who eats anything and has no fucking shame. And I will tell you right now, Battenberg is the most disgusting food on the planet. (laughs) It is the the Cinnabon of British foods, and it just makes you feel like a piece of shit if you eat it. Or it should. (laughs) Let me just say it should. It Uh, is horrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. But love a good sausage roll, you know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right, we can all agree on a sausage roll. Yeah. There we go. Savory okay. food, I'll throw it down. Big shout out, Greg's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love that. Uh, yeah, I'll cut myself off now from the food talk. I know. I feel like now I want to go to. I want to come to the UK like tonight. I know. Well, t- let's well, go. Tom, we know. We know one of your favorite British classics. We should throw out very quickly. Is Heinz Heinz beans? Oh yeah. Oh my Heinz. god. Gosh. Guys, I want you, know, you, you. you want to hear a funny story about Heinz baked beans? <laughs> so yeah, you had brought in, you had brought Justin a can of Heinz baked beans, and yes, I did. I also brought him wine gums, but I ate them. And so he had that baked beans, and when we, I think it was when we moved in together, or it like was. right before that, he brought this can of baked beans over, and I was like, I still "Oh, great!" Had it, Mike, over no, a year no, later. No, no, <laughs> this is. There's more to the story. He's forgetting okay. right now. So I also bought a can of Heinz baked beans because I buy them all the time because we can get them here um, like in the British store or, you know, some of the actual stores sell them. So like one night I had a jacket potato and baked beans or Heinz baked beans. And just I used Justin's can because it had a closer expiration date and he like, got so upset with me he's like you ate my beans that mike brought me it was, I <laughs> it was like there's another can in the cupboard like i know and mike of course I was like, oh, mike brought me those ones and i've been waiting to eat them for the just the most special moment salty he was salty about it <laughs> Secretly, I just wanted the one from England, but you yeah, know, she did. She did. You know, she brought the real stuff, smuggled it through customs and everything. You know? And it was smuggled. And they out were my delicious. His belly. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you know what? The real Brit deserved it. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, god, I love this British food breakdown bonus content. Seriously, <laughs> if if there's truly one thing I love about about you know England and and visiting. It's the English breakfasts, man. They are just mm. to die for. And chunky chips and fish and chips. Mm. Oh, oh my god, we need a vi- ah, I want to. I wish it wasn't COVID. It's t- we got to come visit. I know. We're coming as soon as we can, Mike. Yeah. Look for a top five British foods podcast somewhere down the line. Hey, maybe we'll record it all three of us live while there. While we're eating. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> 
That makes for great content. Oh. Mm. Hearing us chew. Mm. <laughs> Wait, what is that from? Oh, what, what about Bob? Oh, yeah. Shout out Bill Murray again. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Low-key low Christmas leader. We didn't even talk about Scrooge. Seriously. Wow, yeah. Holy shit. We actually just said last night or today that we want to watch that again. Um, I feel like that probably And Mixed Nuts. Yes, I need to see Mixed Nuts. I've never seen it. Heard it's great. Wow. We just we went on a total tangent and it brought us right back to the movies. Beautiful. I mean, all tangents lead to Bill Murray. I think that's <laughs> <I know>. what <laughs> As they should. As they should. Uh, Oh, guys. Love wow, you, okay. Well, I think I think we did it. Yeah, this was lovely. Justin, where where can people tell us why I'm the best and you guys are wrong? <laughs> well, and this was lovely. You can find us on Instagram at top fives and deep dives. You can email us at top fives and deep dives at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at top dives. Come come you know, just find us, say hello. Please tell us how right Alex and me were. And I hope that you have lots of new Christmas movies to watch now. Yeah. I really do. Um, yeah. And yeah, let's let's look. You're getting this episode on, I believe, November 29th. So... You've got a full month, people. Dive into the Christmas season. All right? Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Thank you guys for having me again. Of course. Thanks for coming on. We can't wait for next time, whatever that may be. We'll figure it out. Next time we'll be eating mince pies. All right, guys. Way too long. Love y'all. See you soon. Swiggy Schwartz. Shout out to Nafi Pie. Wow. Top fives and deep dives with Tata PTM. 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 My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese.